voice was thick and hitching. It was a simulacrum of sorrow he'd never approached in even his best rehearsals. Hey everyone, Dan with Spiritual Underground Podcast. I've been saving that little clip. I've been waiting for an opportunity to use it and I throwed it in there today. Uh, I bet you can't tell me what it's from. All right. Well, we're down to uh, part three of uh, my father and I's conversation that I recorded. Uh, You'll have to go out and hunt up the other two episodes. Uh, The first one was uh, episode 293. And to be honest with you, at the time that I'm recording this, I don't know what number the other one is going to be. But it'll be between this one and that one. So, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery is is a fellowship. Uh, 12-step fellowship it is recovery for all come as you are Uh, you don't have to be an alcoholic an addict gambler sex addict overeater compulsive eater or any of the other 100 12-step fellowships that you know they have a singleness of purpose the rest of them that is something that 12-step fellowships generally have that where tssr is different it is not Uh, you can bring one none or a basket full of them so, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, the book is by James Christopher Cohn and can be found on Amazon. 12stepspiritualrecovery.com is the website where you can find the meetings, some of which are Zoom, so you can join them from anywhere in the world. We call it TSSR, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, Recovery for All, Come As You Are. All right, so uh, I was trying to think of some kind of rhyming thing to say that will get us into the third and final installment of my father and I's conversation. I sure appreciate him sitting down and doing it. I know, you know, just like every other guest I have, after a little bit, the microphone disappears and we're just sitting here talking. And, uh, you know, I thought about the other day, I don't sit still very much. So there's limited times, like when we're down to Fargo or something like that, we'll sit and talk or we'll have other little pieces where we sit and talk. But, uh, you know, to sit down for a couple hours at a time and, and shoot the shit, uh, even though, you know, some of the stuff I've heard before and some of it is new to me, but I really appreciated it. And I would encourage you to do the same with your loved ones. Work the steps and it's a guarantee. Now I'll give you my dad part three. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do it again. Uh, tell me about meeting Mom and how you met her. Okay, well, uh, I'd, all, I'd known Gerald and all of his buddies and Judy and Judy's brothers and, and uh, Roy and Ronnie and all those guys, you know, Georgetown people out there. And... Uh, for years, because I'm hanging around the guys that played basketball. And Joe Sinix worked at New Albany Plumbing, and he walked over to Tommy's every day at lunchtime and ate lunch with a half a dozen of us guys that sit around a round table and ate lunch every day. And one day he was over and he said, uh, Gerald's sister's going to come home from college and we're, Judy and I try and find her a date to go to a Christmas party. And I said, Joe, I don't do that. I said, you find somebody else. 
And he said, well, okay. So he told Judy that, and Judy said, well, keep after him. So he kept after me about it. And Joe was a real, he was married at the time to Barbara, but he was one of those guys that didn't take his marriage vows very serious. He was a real carouser. And uh, he kept after me, and I finally, I said, okay, I'll tell her I'll, I'll go it was to go to a, a Christmas party and dance thing that a bunch of them Georgetown people was putting on. So Joe called Judy and said, well, Tim said he'd go, so call Donna and tell her. So <laughs> Judy called Donna, and she was out of school, out St. Louis, and said, oh, got you a date for the Christmas party. And Donna said, well, good, who is it? And Judy said, his name's Tim Reeves. And Judy said, or Donna said, well, I never heard of him. <laughs> And Judy said, well, he's a friend of Joe's. And Donna said, forget it. I ain't going out with any friend of Joe's. <laughs> so Donna canceled out. Then they had to, and, and I told Joe, I said, well, that's okay. Uh, that wasn't one of them things I was looking forward to anyhow. So then it come back and got down to emergency time, and they couldn't find anybody else. So Donna said, yeah, I'll go. So we went to that. I don't seem like it was at a church out of Georgetown. It was someplace that had a little bit of a, a you know, meeting room, conference room kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'll be darned if I remember where it was. Yeah. But anyhow, we went to the thing and had a good time. And, uh, did you pick her up or did you meet her there? Uh I met her there, as a matter of fact. And she she came there with uh, Gerald and Judy. Because uh, she'd come home from school and was at her mom's house. And Gerald and Judy uh, lived down the road. I don't suppose you remember. They lived down on the highway in a little house. No. When Don and I were dating. But anyhow, we met, and I took her home, and when I took her home, and uh, she said, uh, won't you call me tomorrow? So I, well, okay. So I called her, and we chit-chatted a while and decided we'd go out somewhere. And uh, I went and picked her up, and we went over to Louisville, and there was... A couple of joints in Louisville uh, on 4th Street that were just bars. Joints. Uh, joints, yeah. And there's one that had one of them uh, little three-piece uh, music group. Uh, had a banjo and a, a guitar and a oom-pah-pah kind of a thing called the Wooden Nickel. Hmm. So we went into Wooden Nickel and drank a pitcher of beer, and then we drank another pitcher of beer, and uh, and uh, we really had a good time. And took her home, and she and I said, "Well, let's go." So we went out, I guess, every night there until she went back to school, and then. And she was going to school in St. Louis. Yeah, she was going to Washington University out there. 
uh, and she and don't turn the thing off. Well, anyhow, we went back and forth from St. Louis to here to back to St. Louis and here to you know back and yep. forth, and we just one time decided let's get married, and we were going to just go to uh, some time at St. Louis and get married and then tell everybody we got married. Uh-huh. And it come down to close to the time we was planning on doing it. And she said, I can't do that. Mom wants me to have a wedding. And I said, well, I'd, I ain't really in favor of it. I said, hell, I'm too old to be dressing up for a wedding. And she said, well, we, I got to do that because mom and dad want to have a wedding. Would you have been 30? Yeah. Or so, a year, actually 29. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, uh, her mom organized a wedding and uh, had the reception out at the country club. They were members of the New Albany Country Club. So, And then we had a tangle because of the... Uh, I wanted to get married in the church, and in the Catholic Church. Yeah, and Lent was going to start pretty soon. Per, yeah, so we crowded in to get married on the first of April because you couldn't get married during Lent. Oh, really? Yeah. So we got married on that uh, April Saturday. Fool's Day. Saturday was uh, uh, the first April. That's when we got married. And uh, but anyhow, that's how I met. And uh, I don't know. We just hit it off pretty good. And I don't. Uh, I never, till even today, give any thought to what the psychological background, all that crap about. Uh, who she went with before and all that it didn't really didn't make any difference to me. So anyhow, we got married and uh, we lived in a little apartment upstairs uh, on uh, 1902 DePaul Avenue. Right, if you come down Vance Avenue yep. and didn't turn right or left, you'd run at people's name owned the house. The name was Zabel. Huh. And um, he was, he sold coffee, uh, evidently made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. He hit one of his, he, he wired up the contract for White Castle coffee. Oh, really? Back yeah. in, whenever White Castle started. Yeah, that so, make you some money. Yeah, so he got a little half of a penny or something every time somebody drank a cup of coffee at yeah, White Castle. Yeah. Uh, well, she's but, still in, she was still going to school too, right? Yeah, or, yeah. She went to school until, uh, I don't know, middle of May, sometime like that, back and forth, back and forth. And the day we got married, it was hotter than $700. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we was at the country club out there and they hadn't had their air conditioners cranked up you know so it was hot at the reception mm-hmm. and so i'd gotten up that morning real bright and early and 
I went down to the apartment and I opened up all the windows. And then I went and got a haircut and got dressed and went to the wedding. And we went to the reception. And we come home from the reception. We was heading home. And I said, well, I opened the windows up this morning. So it ought to be fairly cool in that upstairs apartment. We got there and I didn't open the storm windows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Zables wouldn't let us have an air conditioner because they didn't want the water dripping hmm. down on the roof. Nah. Uh, there were, all the windows had a porch roof under, under them. them yeah. And they didn't want the water drip down and erode the, the shingles. Huh. So uh, Jerry and Janet had just moved out of that apartment. Hmm. That's when uh, another one of those things, timing-wise, and uh, from sitting around at that round table down to Tommy's, and Jerry said, uh, uh, "Janet, I are moving out of that apartment. Uh, you ought to, you ought to go down and talk to Zables about getting it." So I went down. They said, "Sure," and I, but we're going to have to raise the rent. And I said, "Well, that's okay with me." And I think, I don't know, something like $75 a month, and oh, they yeah. raised it to 80 or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but we lived in it until, uh, well, you were born a handful when we moved to Brookwood. To uh, uh, Knobview. Or Knobview, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's how, that's how we met. And it was kind of a, I don't know, it was just one of those things that we met and kind of hit it off. And Donna went back to school, and she called, and uh, we talked on the phone a time or two and wrote letters and mm-hmm. drove back and forth to from here to St. Louis. Knew St. that road real good. Yeah, and I'd call out, and, you know, she'd be going to be home uh, Friday night, and and I'd call out there, and the operator would say, Tim, Donna's not home yet. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, had a t- they had to actually have one of those operators that yeah, plugged the wires you. in. Yeah, a real <laughs> operator. Uh, yeah. Uh, when did they build the interstate? Uh, six, er, early 60s, it was, wasn't it? It opened up in 68, uh, probably. Oh, yeah, just in time. Yeah, because we... Uh, I still, when we were dating, we had to go home up the highway. Yeah, up Carden Pike and up that way. And when we went to St. Louis, we had to go 64 highway. You know, went through Jasper and yeah. Vincennes and. And just that like way. we go to Fargo. Yeah. Keep on. Donna going. could drive it in five and a half hours. Oh, yeah. 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 I never could. Hell, it took me five and a half hours to go to the expressway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had a had a fifty not a fifty. A sixty two Plymouth, I think. Four door hmm. Belvedere. Oh really? Yeah. Uh her daddy bought her one. I guess she she couldn't have a car at IU when you were a freshman, 
So I think when she was a sophomore, he bought her a car. Yeah. So she was going to IU Bloomington for yeah. a period of time, and then yeah, yeah, and then she went to in that she went to Bloomington for a while and was on the campus there, and then went to the IU Medical Center in Indianapolis, and and she actually worked at I guess IU. Medical Center, the hospital mm-hmm. in Indianapolis, as you know, as a nurse or a student nurse, while she was going to college. Yeah. And uh, then when she when she found one, she come home from Washington. She got a job out at Floyd Memorial in uh, labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. I remember department. hearing a little about that too. Yeah, and that was when she worked, because uh, she, she worked nights. All new nurses do. Yeah, and uh, and weekends and holidays. Yeah, and she liked it. Uh, she always said she went to school, went to college six years, never had a morning class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, mom didn't like to get up early. Yeah, she liked sleep in and stay so up all she, night. She worked out. I don't know how many months she worked out there at the hospital, and and I said, you know. What the, when are you going to be able to move into a different work schedule? I said, this, this is not working very good. And she said, well, it, it'll, it'll be a while, but I really like doing what I'll do. What were you doing then? I had the insurance agency. And uh, she... Uh, so you were nine to five weekdays. Yeah. And... Off on the weekends, and yeah. she was working the weekends and yeah. the nights. And yeah, and I, uh, you know, had come, we'd go to lunch or something, and I, I'd had to come home, and she wouldn't, uh, don't wake me up. I don't <laughs> Be quiet when you come in. Yeah, so she come home one afternoon, she said, well, I got a new job. And I said, really, what's that? And she said, I'm, I'm going to teach nursing at IUS. Hmm. And boy, it was good hours. You know, it was one of them things. It was a really good job. And then uh, the Prosser decided, I don't remember how long she worked at IUS, but Prosser decided they won a nursing program. So somebody contacted Donna and she said, yeah. So she went to Prosser and that was even better because it was, the, she was off all summer back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Prosser didn't want the nursing program anymore, and they're going to fold it up. And Ivy Tech took it. That's when and Ivy Tech nursing department then was up on Spring Street in Jeffersonville, one of them old buildings. Up yeah, there. I can remember uh, going there. Hmm? I can remember going to work with Mom at times. Oh yeah, and I remember the insurance agency too. Oh, I can yeah. almost picture it in my head. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was on 4th Street between Spring and Elm Street. House is gone now. Uh, but uh, we had our, when we started business, we rented an office on Spring Street, oh, 
between Pearl and Bank Street upstairs, uh, another business. Yeah. And we were there a while, and uh, a friend of mine, Bob Harning, had that fixed that office building up. It was an office downstairs and an apartment upstairs. Yeah. And he said, you know, you, you ought to buy that building, put your office or your business in. So that's so why I bought that office building from him. And rented out the and rent out upstairs. And I don't. I think. I think it was seventy six, seventy seven, sometime when when we sold the insurance agency to yeah. Mutual Trust Bank. Uh, when y'all was was did you did you plan to have a baby or did you just have a baby? No, it was planned. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things that uh Yeah, so just like time to get married, time to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was kind of uh, scribbled on the calendar. Um yeah. and, uh, and we were playing cards with Peachy and Will, you know. Yep. Two or three nights a week, we was eating popcorn, playing euchre or pinochle or something. Yeah. With uh, and Wilma got, and they had been married six, seven years. Hmm. And Wilma got pregnant same time. Yep. That's Bobby's birthday's yeah. a month after mine. Yeah, because we. Uh, Donna wanted to go to that prenatal thing at um, the hospital. Yeah, uh, doggone St. Anthony's Hospital. So she enrolled us in that and talked Peachy and Will into going with us. So we went, learned how to fold diapers and how to hold a baby and all that business. Yeah, because Mom knew she wanted to have her baby at St. Anthony's. Is that, huh? Mom wanted to go to St. Anthony's. Yeah. Uh, that's where she wanted to have a baby. Yeah. I guess with her uh, OBGYN experience, yeah. it's yeah, kind of one thing Mom always knew where you should go. Right, yeah. Yeah, she had, she had it all mapped out, when and where and all that. Yeah. And we made, golly, we, I don't. We had. I think we 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 rushed to the hospital four different times. Oh really? False alarms? Yeah. And finally, the doctor said, "You know, you're go home, come back on the 24th, and uh, we'll have a C-section." I got my dinner then, on. Yeah, we were we were still living in that apartment then. Right. And I really don't remember uh, what year. We were still carrying you, and you were sleeping in that little crib, you know, like this. Yeah. It's downstairs, thing that everybody in the family slept in. Right. Oh. Uh, so you was awful young when we moved to Knobville, Knobview. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was just an old farmhouse. And I put a new kitchen in it and cherry cabinets. And, oh, really? Uh, put a bathroom in it. 
uh, and carpet, put a furnace and air conditioner in it, did a bunch of electric work in it. There's no way I'm I'm able to remember that house, but I have some kind of memories of it. Yeah. I don't know, again, if I was told about it enough but yeah. or I dreamed about it. I don't remember what we paid for it. We bought it and paid for it. And uh, when I got it all fixed up and everything done in it, got the driveway paved, and the parking area back there paved. Jerry Myers did that for me, uh, where was propped my heels up. And Donna come home one afternoon, and she said, uh, found the house we got to have. Oh, yeah? And I said, God darn it, I just got finished nailing on this one. And she said, you got to see this one. So we jumped in the car and come over here. This was vacant. Tom Jones had already moved to Cincinnati. Mm. So we walked around here, and she said, and I said, well, uh, call, call Bill Mullinex. So she called Bill, and Bill come by, and he said, well, let's write up an offer on it. So I made an offer I knew they wouldn't take, and he took it to Don McCartan had it listed. Hmm. And Don looked at the offer, and he said, I will give it to Joneses. He said, uh, they, they won't sell that for this. And, and Bill said, well, well, you have to. That's a, you know, that's a real estate deal. And he said, well, no, I ain't, I ain't gonna, I, I'm not going to give him that offer. So Bill went back to his office and called Tom up Cincinnati. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Tom said, hell yes. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> so, uh, and we didn't have enough money to buy it. Bill sold our house, same time. And didn't have enough money to uh, to pay for this one. Yeah, well, so nobody I went down talked to Gene Smith and he said, you know, Tom Narita got a loan on that house that they've been paying for, and it's only got eight years left on it. And we gave him a super interest rate because New Albany was needing doctors hmm. to get him to come from Paducah. Oh, yeah? And to get him to come here uh, when he got out of the Army, from, he was in Korea. And... He said, well, the best thing for you to do is uh, assume that loan that they got. Oh, yeah? And he told me how much it took. And I was thinking, well, we got this much from that house we just sold. And got this much in the bank. And we're this much short. Mm. <laughs> and we went home and shook all the money out from under the cushion in the couch. And... Uh, out of the glove compartment of the car, and we wrangled money every place huh. and went down and assumed that loan. Best move we ever made. Uh, and Did uh, you know Tom? Huh? Did you know Tom Jones yeah. when that uh, went down? Yeah. Is that probably part of the reason he took the offer? Uh, I think so. And Donna knew him from working at the hospital. Yeah. Because so, nobody has the money to buy a house now. Uh, like no, that's not the uh -huh. that's not the no, point. No, <laughs> yeah, you don't even think about it. Uh, you signed paper for thirty or forty years and and start making payments. 
but uh, we painted and fixed up and worked on this thing for, I don't know, a month and a half or so. Hmm. I have memories of coming over here before we lived here. Yeah. Yeah. Go out in the backyard and play on that big swing set. Yeah. We, uh, it was the best thing about this house. Yeah, the neighbors, uh, Wilson's come over uh, and welcomed us to the neighborhood. And they said, now, we never had any children. And we don't want to be bothered with anyone else's. <laughs> so if your boy's ball comes across the fence, just leave it there until Arliss gets home from work and he'll get it put it back over in your yard. We don't want your kids running around our yard. I remember that, that <laughs> get off my lawn type of neighbors. Yeah. And I thought, boy, boy, that's going to be trouble. And then a guy by the name of Bill Adams lived across the street. Where Greg lives. Yeah. And he come over and he said, uh, when you park your car, do you put it in park and put the emergency brake on both? And I said, no, usually I just put it in park. And he said, you know, the driver's manual says you got to put the emergency brake on. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't do that. And he said, well, I want you to start doing it. And I'm going to tell you why. He said, can apples, when they lived here, they're the ones that had the house built. They had a big Buick of some kind, and it rode. Uh, Mr. Canapple was drinking. Yeah, and he pulled it up and stopped top of the hill and got out of it, and it rode down and damn near knocked his Bill's house off the foundation. Yeah, yeah, knocked the whole corner off of it. <laughs> so he gave me a big lecture on on don't just put it in park and then we always parked in the garage anyhow yeah yeah it had to roll out to the garage door <laughs> and yeah. I, I remember when i looked at the roof from the ground and the house was 20 years old it was built in 51 and I said, well, one thing, it's got a good-looking roof on it. We don't have to worry about that. Well, we moved in, got set up, put a TV in there, and I went up on a roof and put a antenna up there. Yeah. God darn, the roof was, <laughs> first time I got close enough to see the roof was wore out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So the money we was going to put in the carpet down here, it had old gray wool carpet hmm. down here. And I climbed off the roof, and I said, well, I got TV tuned in, but uh, the new carpet's up. On just, hold. Yeah, just went around the corner I said, where, where I'd put a roof on. So Clem and I, and I guess Billy, and I don't know who all, we tore a roof off and put a new roof on it. Did you? Yeah. Did it yourself? Yeah. It's a lot of roof. Uh, yeah, I kept getting roofed down at, uh, I knew uh, Bernie Day, uh, at Day Lumber. Yeah. I had an account down there uh, since I was a teenager. And I, I think I bought 20 squares of roof. I didn't measure it. 
bought 20 squares of roof, went home home, went down, bought some more. And Bernie said, what are you doing with all them shingles? And I said, well, I got doing my house. And he said, where do you live? And I told him, and he said, oh, damn, I know that house. He said, we, him and his brother, Ed, had built a couple of them houses across the street. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He said, yeah, well, I remember that house. That was Ken Apple's house. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, that house got 36 squares on it. So he said, you ain't finished buying yet. <laughs> Just keep on buying them until you're done. <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, I guess we did that, uh, you know, over a weekend and after work. I know we didn't do it, you know, on a Saturday and Sunday. Oh, yeah. We did Clem's house up there on Lakeview. Uh, Billy and Clem and I did it over a weekend. All of you guys, we got together somebody needed something. Well, we got together and did it. Yeah. Uh, I always remember then. that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I learned how to do a lot of stuff because of that. Yeah. Tagging along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or at least got exposed to it and yeah. saw it being done. Uh, but that was kind of kind of the way, you know, like us moving. You know, you call a couple of guys. And yep. They show up with trucks and all the next thing you know, you're moved. Yeah. Kind of seems like a thing of the past to some extent. I don't think you can do uh, it anymore. AA guys do it. Huh? AA guys well, yeah, show yeah. up for one another on uh, needing things done. If you was, uh, wasn't AA and was still working at Vote, you wouldn't be... Wouldn't be getting people to help. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but that was just the thing... Uh, I remember I helped Jerry. Jerry, I replumbed the house for him, Jerry Solomon. Yep. And then I replumbed uh, Janet's mom and dad lived over on Beeler Street. Hmm. And I replumbed her house. Why does the house need to be replumbed? Uh, it had galvanized pipe. Oh, yeah. And that galvanized pipe would close up to where you don't half yep. inch pipe and have a hole in it big as an orifice in the gas pipe yeah uh from the calcium in the water here yep. uh you tear it out and put new in yeah i don't it's one of them things that died and uh, they paid for the material and i did work uh didn't charge them anything yep. for it. i did uh I did a house for Tommy Zeller, first house him and his wife lived in, and that I had the beer joint then. Yeah, I was gonna say I was getting ready to ask. What do you remember? What year it was? Did you went straight from insurance to? The yeah, I think Star? it was. Uh, I think it was seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy eight when we sold the insurance agency, and I hammered around, built some room additions. Uh, did some attics and basements and stuff, and then I bought that beer joint. Yeah. I remember uh, one time doing, you did that room addition for Tony in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That had probably been about that window of time, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have that house long when they decided they needed more room. Yeah. Well, that's a big room. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't think I had any help on that. I think I built that thing all by myself. Oh, yeah. I don't remember having any help on that. Yeah. I built a room addition uh, about that size right straight across the street from Joe Costin's or Jim Costin's uh, there on the back. Uh, people's name were Hansford. Oh, yeah. Hanson. Hanson. Yeah, he worked at the Pillsbury. And I'd, every day when I come home, he would, when he'd come home from Pillsbury and give me a sack full of Pillsbury muffins or oh, Pillsbury yeah. uh, croissants or that because you know everybody when they left I don't know whether Pillsbury said take what you want or they put them in their, took it put them in their lunchbox but uh, he'd come home from work and give me a couple of cans of biscuits what made you sell the insurance they come uh, Jim and I we started that business Jim Hartfield and I and we started it and he was working for uh, not Prudential. I can't think of another big insurance company. He was selling insurance for him, and I don't know, just bumming around and he and he, we were sitting around talking, drinking beer, and he said. Uh, why don't me and you go in the insurance business? And I said, Jim, I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't buy any life insurance. And I know I couldn't sell any. And he said, No. He said, I'm talking about car insurance and homeowners insurance. We'll sell all kinds of insurance. And he said, You take care of the car insurance and homeowners and business insurance, and I'll do the life insurance. So that's where we started in business like that. And we had to go to Indianapolis and take a insurance license exam. And we also got our real estate uh, broker's license, same time. Hmm. We never did sell any real estate. I sold a few pieces, but not enough to call myself a real yeah. Uh, but we did that and things went along pretty swimmingly and then Jim got to be uh, just a real uh, hard to deal with uh, yeah and he he developed a when he looked at somebody he never thought about them as being a friend Mm. Or somebody to play golf with, is how much money can I make off of them? And if you couldn't make any money off of them, you know, and we had friends that was falling apart, and it it just didn't didn't fit my personality. Yeah. And I said, why don't we? You take the life insurance business, and I'll take the car insurance business, and we'll split up. Well, he wouldn't do that. Hmm. Uh, it's one of them things that the life insurance business was, uh, by and his standards, was way bigger than, worth way more than the oh. other part of the business was. And the part of the business I was going to get wasn't worth but a nickel and a half. Huh. 
So anyhow, we the, just wasn't working, and we contacted Mutual Trust Bank, and they bought it. Hmm. So dissolved it. And then, yeah. Did you know what you were going to do after that? I know that it seems my memory always remembers you doing construction type of work. Yeah. In between. I no, things. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I just wanted to get out, out of, of that, that partnership, and. <clears throat> So I got out of that, and uh, it wasn't any. It was kind of like uh, next thing I knew, I bumped into somebody that wanted a basement finished. Yeah. And, and then somebody needed an attic finished. Somebody wanted a room addition, and somebody, you know, it was one of them things started falling Just into happened. place. Uh, and I did that, and I don't know why. I guess I'd spent so damn much time in a beer joint. I always <laughs> thought I ought to have one. Well, I have a lot of memories of the of the Lone Star. Yeah. Uh, and that happened a lot. It, uh, you know, that happened right when Donna was having all that breast cancer problem. Yep. And it was just uh, timing wise was a uh, bad time for both of us. Hmm. And the business. I remember, uh, I don't know, things I can remember off top was the baseball Little League teams going back in that back room and having pizza parties. Yeah. Uh, I can remember spending a lot of time there. I remember uh, going there, and I guess you would take our bicycles in the station wagon. And then when it got to be when the Colonial Club pool opened up, yeah. we would ride our bicycles down the street to the pool yeah. while during the daytime. And then, yeah, that, uh, I just, I don't know, Vetter. Is that her name? The pool people? Yeah. And it's not ring a bell, but. Paul and somebody, they had had a like, uh, aluminum extruding business up in Jeff, and they sold it to Essex International hmm. and had a whole bunch of money, and they bought that swimming pool. Well, that pool was there forever, though, right? Oh, yeah. You it was there when I was a kid. You was a kid. Yeah, I, I remember we, when we lived on Beeler Street, uh, we, we had a membership to the Colonial Club. Yeah. Had a... I never uh, smell of that dressing room down in the basement. Yeah. Or cellar or whatever it yeah. was. And I don't know whether it was Lysol or what that they cleaned it, sprayed it down with all the time. It seemed like it was always wet. Yep, it was and, always and wet. it was a smell that you never forgot. Yep, yeah, it never dried out. Yeah. Uh-oh. And they had, I don't know, did they have one used there? They have wire basket that you put your clothes in. I don't remember that. Uh, and they had a little pin with a number on it, safety pin. Oh, yeah. With a number on it. And you'd pin that on your swimming trunks. Yeah, and you'd go up and get it. They would bring yeah. it out to you. Yeah, they yeah. did have some kind of thing like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'd like put, it's almost like a coat closet or something. You'd yeah. put your stuff in there and they'd take it back and then you'd come back and get your number of stuff. Yeah. I remember sometimes that was a holdup at rush hour because you was ready to Fetter get out there. was those pieces, F-E-T-T-E-R. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of a lot of time at the Colonial Club. You know, even uh, up through high school, you know, Colonial Club was the place to go. Yeah. 
uh, in the summertime, and they opened up the Oasis swimming pool out there where the water, water park, park is, park is there now. On Daisy Lane. Uh, probably fifty nine, sometime like that. Hmm. It's uh, I know when I was uh. And that's a city park, right? Yeah. Well, back then it belonged to, you know, did Mr. Francis have uh, teach at high school? Don't ring a bell. Uh, he taught drafting, hmm. and he was the head of the rifle team. Oh, yeah? Uh, had a big knot in his forehead. It wasn't it was hmm. an inverted knot. Hmm. From a scope? In his forehead. Yeah, and I think I think it was a a war wound. Oh, um, but he was the one. Him and his brother built that swimming pool, mm. the Oasis swimming pool, and it was a hot spot. Uh, of course, in New Albany back then, you know, uh, it didn't. That thing opened up, and a lot of people gravitated to the Oasis, but the Clark, or the Colonial Club still had a big crowd of yeah, people. Yeah, I always remember it being busy. Yeah, and the Country Club had a had their swimming pool, so the people, the rich people that belonged to the Country Club, they didn't go to the Colonial Club or the yeah. uh, Oasis. They went to the. And there was a pool that was called Edgewood. It was over yeah, there by that a, little pool at Edgewood uh, was Knobview kind of yeah. into things. Yeah. They built that while we, when, when Don and I first bought that house here. Oh, yeah? Uh, uh, I used to go there with Matt. Yeah. Well, Edgewood subdivision, you know, where Jim lives and all yeah. that. Uh, Bob Brooks and and Duke Carter developed all that. Hmm. And they made a deal property-wise. They couldn't build under Empire Lines. But they could put a park under it. Hmm. So to get the zoning done, you know, and they had zoning back then was purely political. You know, you, you had to kiss somebody's backside down the city county building to get your plan thing. So that's one of the things that we'll build a little park here with a swimming pool and all in it. Yeah. Uh, as part of the Edgewood subdivision. Yeah. And they run it quite a while. Uh, I don't think it was still going when you was a teenager. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it shut down. Uh, there was still... There was a boy by the name of Larry Darnell that lived... Did you know where... Uh, right... Where you turn right to go or left to go to Jim Costin's house... He lived right on the left there. Hmm. He, he bought a new house. And he was Peachy's partner in the convenient food mart that Peachy had. Oh, yeah? Him and Peachy were partners huh. and, uh, back then. And he was a, he was one of them $5 millionaires that... He bankrupt the swimming pool. He was a treasurer. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, there wasn't no money around. Mm. Uh, nothing worked. And where to go, Larry? And uh, I don't know. Huh. Uh, and he did the same way with Peachy in the, in the, in the convenience, convenience store. Food mart. 
Yeah, that's got to be a term where there really was a convenient, that was the name on the sign. Yeah. Convenient yeah, food they mart. They come about I think about the time that you and Bobby was born was when convenient food marts. The first one that I know of was up in Clarksville. Uh, about where the McDonald's is. There was one there, and then this guy opened the one here on Charleston Road uh, that turned into a lightning. Yep. And then Peachy and them, that they, theirs was up on Highway 62 outside of Jeff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Back when they didn't sell gas at the convenience store. Right. They've merged that yeah. now, you know. It's, but they was open, I think they were open 24 hours. Hmm. And that's when when we started insurance business in 62. And uh, a guy I'd known since I was a kid started the Night Owl Food March. Mm-hmm, I remember that too. And he called and said, uh, get me some insurance on that building on the corner of Spring and B. Herald Avenue. And I said, the filling station, it was Dan, Dan, can't think of Dan's last name, standard filling station. And I said, what the hell you want with a filling station? Because he worked in a grocery store all all these, that's the only thing he'd ever done was went to school and uh, worked in a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'll. I'm going to make a 24-hour grocery store in there. And I said, you're crazy. And he said, don't, 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 just get me some insurance on it. So I wrote him an insurance policy, and he took it to the bank and bought it and turned it into a night owl. The next thing you know, he had another night owl, and then he had another night owl, and, uh, I've had 50 or 60 of them going. Oh, really? Uh, all around Indiana mm-hmm. and Kentucky. And uh, then he hit the bottle. Mm. And he just went crazy. He had more money. He bought everybody. He had three or four big shots in the business. You know, a guy who was the vice president in charge of this and vice president in charge of that. Yeah. And he bought them all uh Oldsmobile come out with a front-wheel drive uh, car, real brand new. Nobody is first ones that had to come out. The American car come uh-huh. out with a front-wheel drive car. Forget what they call it. But he bought everybody in the organization one of them, and he had a big Chris Craft boat. Had a uh, had an airplane. Oh wow. Uh, he bought a house up on Utica Pike, and uh, it was a big house. With one of them that had a big yard, you know, goes from Utica Pike up to the house. And next thing you know, he bought one two or three doors down. Hmm. Never bothered to sell that one. Bought a bigger boat, never bothered to sell the old one. Bought a bigger airplane, never bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they had... 88 of them stores, uh, not all of them operating, 
but 88 of them, they was building number 88 when it all come unwired hmm. and bankrupt. Hmm. The other yeah. thing I remember about the Lone Star was sitting in there playing them video games and yeah. bumming quarters off of the guys that were sitting at the bar <laughs> drinking. And you could play Space Invaders all night long yeah. off those guys giving you quarters. That Well, I had a good time with that, but boy, it was at a bad time of my life with Don and uh, in the hospital so much. Yeah. I don't, you know, and that spell when she had that breast cancer, uh, it just seemed like every other month she was in the hospital for a, a they'd take a lumpotomy. Yep. And she'd be laid up a while, and then and it was one of those things that she she probably had twenty of them before. It's what it felt like to me. I remember yeah. that mom was in the hospital all the time. Yeah. And they find you know it was one of them scary things, and they'd take a lump out, and we'd, everybody you know was on edge, and finally they you know said, well this is cancer, so uh, she had one breast removed, and then they started same thing on the other side, and, and back in the hospital for a lump, and then, and then finally you know well it's cancer. Yep, I was scary. I remember being really scared. Uh, I, but I think during our married life, I know Donna, when the, she had that stroke, was her sixth back operation. Mm. Yep. That was five and six that she had out there. Oh. Uh, I used to have a number in my mind, but someplace around 40 surgeries where she was, you know, was a, a real surgery, not a... Yeah, no, not small stitch stuff. in something. Yeah. Yep, that's uh, my recollection, too. It seemed like uh, mom was always having something going on. We weren't married any time, and she had a thing called a pile noddle something on her tailbone. Hmm. And that was... And, uh, before you were around, hmm. and that was the first time, first operation she had. And some kind of a, a growth happens on your tailbone. Well, I remember uh, doing a lot of running around with a lot of people. We would be at—I remember being at Peachy and Wilma's. I remember being at Clem and Kevin's. Oh yeah. Uh, whatever for whatever reason that big tall grass grew in that whatever that big strip was in front of their oh, house yeah. you know it had that big well it used to be a uh, was a railroad uh, in urban run from New Albany uh, across Silver Creek bridge is not there anymore mm. uh, across Silver Creek and it went up through that grass plat and up to Jeffersonville and then went to Louisville and went to Indianapolis oh yeah uh, there was a like a train house or train some kind of building there, wasn't there from a train stop or something? Yeah, that I recall. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's why there was Brown Station because the train went right through there, mm. uh, and then the 
between the highway and the flood wall wiped out. Brown station. And, yeah, and uh, I think that when the flood flood tore up the bridge for the in urban over Silver Creek. Yeah. And thirty seven, and they never. Well, it was the end of it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Never. So it ended at thirty seven a long time before we were. Yeah. Running around there. Yeah, but that thing went through. There's people lived on both sides of the railroad track there in Brown Station. Yeah. And after the railroad quit going through, people turned their houses around, made the front door where the back door used to be. Oh, yeah? So the front door would face the highway because it used to face the railroad track. Yeah. Uh, uh, this stuff I... Seemed like we. I remember the, we used to go on car rides places a lot. We would go out in the country someplace and get a bucket of chicken. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We did that with well with Jim and Sherry, and did it mostly with Clem and Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a place down around someplace close to where our cabin is. Uh, we stopped where there was a spring at, hmm. in the hillside. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, that was one of the places we we went, but we did that. And when uh, when you were born, I bought a station wagon, and uh, we from then on I had a station yeah. wagon. Was that the Chrysler? No, it, it was, was for the Plymouth. That? Plymouth, yeah. Is a white one with the no, wood panels on the side? That was a Chrysler. Okay. That's the first one I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the when you were little, we, that Plymouth was black. Oh, yeah. black station wagon. Huh. Now, and that's the one you opened the door on, bailed out mm-hmm. by Perpetual Help yeah. uh, Church there. Yeah, if that's another one of them stories I can't remember, but I've been told it so many times, I yeah. feel like I <laughs> remember it. It's put a put a, a piece of memory in me that yeah. I don't really artificial memory I don't remember what kind of a station wagon we had when Sue and Jack lived in Owensboro yeah that's another thing I remember driving to Sue and Jack's yeah uh, <clears throat> a lot yeah but when we come back from Owensboro uh you and Neil was asleep back in the back end of that thing, and the cops pulled us over because I had a headlight out. Mm. I had you and Neil was all upset about that with the lights flashing and all that. Um, when, when did Grandpa have the... What was the timeline that Grandpa had to camp at uh, Silver Creek? He... We bought that. It was kind of a family thing we threw in. Um, At Silver Creek? Or talking about Henryville? Oh, Henryville. Henryville. Yeah. The one at Silver Creek, uh, Dad's family had that one from back in the teens. And they built a cabin in 27. Oh, yeah. And so... And then it was probably 
5859 when they finally sold the sold the property or uh-huh. sold the cab, they leased the ground for a dollar a year. Huh. Uh, from people named Payne that owned the farm. Payne, uh, the Payne Color and all yeah. that. Uh, and uh, then then the the building was you know they built. They camped there early, dead, and I don't think they're around here anymore. Probably Bernie's got them. But his family, when they first started camping out there, they camped in a, a, a like a circus tent. Oh, yeah? It was a great big tent. You know, they put it up in the springtime, uh-huh. took it down when it got cold weather. Huh. Uh, and so they built a cabin on leased ground? Yeah, yeah. Gets they, kind of funny. They said in uh, when the thirty, it was always got flooded. Got flooded every couple of years. And yeah, you had to go out. When, we always made a point to go out there when the water was going down. So you'd go in the cabin and slosh the water around, keep it muddied up, and we squeezing out the door. Yeah. So, so the didn't, mud didn't, didn't settle, settle in there. We had to shovel it out. Yeah. But they said in the 37 flood, there was a, had a big uh, gum tree right by the front porch. And Dad and a couple of guys chained the cabin to that tree. To that gum tree huh. to keep it from floating down the river. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, so, uh, I don't remember not having, you know, I, Henryville seems like it goes back beyond me, too. We... You wasn't born yet when we bought Henryville, because we bought that and we. And it was a Girl Scout camp or some kind of camp. It was before. a church camp. Church yeah. camp. Yeah, and because uh, I remember we, I bought would I'd rent a chainsaw from the rental mart, and we'd go up there and hack bushes poison ivy and all that stuff mm-hmm. out go up there every weekend and work on it and then finally we decided we got it all cleared out sure would be nice to have a pond right there and we had uh, Kenny Stumler and Jim Deethy, uh build that pond another one of them things that uh, did all that planning for that pond and the government had a assistant thing there for a water conservation thing and we had all the paperwork done and the, the state did the surveying and laying it out yeah uh and got done and paid jim deethy and kenny summer for it and then went to the salt water conservation department or whatever it was to get reimbursed for it and there was one of the hand doctors had uh, Kleinert or Coots, one of them, uh-huh. had a big farm up at uh, around Charleston, and he had used all the county's money. Oh, really? <laughs> so we didn't get any, uh. and uh, we'd had to should have built a pond if you'd waited till next year. We'd probably when get you in. Funds were available <laughs> again. <laughs> Uh, and so was there there was uh, did you build the cabin there 
Yeah. And but the trailer. Yeah. The uh, Bernie found that trailer, and I don't remember who we had hauling up there, but it was on a car lot, someplace a car, somebody he knew in yeah. the car business had it on a used car lot was an office. Oh yeah. So. We bought it and moved it up there, and, and then we built that cabin on the back end of it. Yeah, the cabin was three times as big as the trailer. Yeah. The trailer was the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, Bernie used to haul a camper up there all the time, right. though, didn't yeah. he? They never hardly stayed in the cabin. They uh, pull a camper Yeah, up I there. don't know what the deal was with him and Joy. Well, Bernie and Dad uh, was like oil and water. Yeah. They never got along. Uh, far back as I can remember, uh, they they yelled at one another. You know, it was always by God this and by arguing God about that. something. Yeah. And it was the same thing up there when that you know it was one of them things that if Deb wanted to do it, Bernie planted his feet. No way doing that. And, uh, in the same way, you know, Bernie come up with the idea of something to do, and Dad would be damned if we'll do that. Uh, so it was, and that was, I guess, the biggest reason that he'd rather be in a pop-up camper. Have some separation. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of good times out there. Yeah. I remember some of the bigger picnics well, you and know, parties. And that was a, uh, every weekend. I guess until you guys got old enough you where you didn't want to go up with mom and dad. Hmm. Uh, you know, and then we kind of quit going on weekends. Yep. And then when we quit going every weekend, well, the vandals moved in. The next thing you know, it was, wasn't worth going. Yeah. Well, we started going there when we were t- as soon as we got driver's license yeah. and stuff, and nobody was really using the place. Right. But we yeah. would go up there. Yeah, and, you. Uh, Y'all wouldn't, when you started driving, use the only ones that was using it. Yeah, me and Ted was up there fairly often. Yeah. I think back in those, just whatever window of time that was, you know, because I can remember playing Little League Baseball. Yeah. And I remember the restaurant being a time consumer. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, the, going the to restaurant took a lot of Sundays. I remember going over on Sunday and cleaning. Yep. Uh, and then going to Henryville a lot. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I have memories of going to Mook's farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know a lot, but I have those memories of going there. And then at that time, we had that boat for that window of time. That, yeah. Uh, what was it? A Crestliner? Or, yeah. Uh, it seemed like every weekend we was at Patoka. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I, I can't get it in my head how all that happened. Uh, because it all happened before I had a driver's license. I mean, it would have happened sometime between yeah. 8, 9, 10 years old kind of thing to 15, 16. Yeah. I don't... Because uh... we'd spend a night on that boat sometimes. Yeah. Had that cover pulled up over it. And yeah. Sleep on yeah. it. Mom well, never did. Mike like... Gullett, uh Mike and Carol went on it quite yep. a bit with yep. us. Uh-oh. Yeah, Donna didn't like the boat because she got sunburned on it. Yeah. Well, it seemed like there was always some... I do remember Mom being at the Henryville a lot, though. Yeah. I don't ever... I don't recall 
her spending the night. She never spent the night up there. She'd always come home and come back Sunday morning. Yeah, that's what my memory S- says, Sunday too. Sunday at noon. Yeah, yeah, her morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. She. I know she never stayed overnight up there. Yeah. Now, she did stay overnight down to Fargo once, once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. yeah. I think she felt like she had to yeah. at least a couple times. That way she could say yeah. she did. I don't think she ever went down while we were working on it. You know, when yeah. Angie and Tracy and you and I, Neil, would go down there for a weekend. I don't think she ever come down while we were working. For a weekend. We did it every single weekend for yeah three months. Yeah. Uh, it was what we did. That's the only deer season I ever missed. <laughs> Is that uh, right? Yeah. I didn't hunt that yeah, year. Yeah, it went right through deer season. Or during there. Yep. Well, I guess it did. Uh, my notes say we started on August the 7th and we got done on November the 7th. Yeah, November the 14th. 14th. Yeah. Uh, and so in that span. And well, then was, even after that, we was down there, you know, to put ceiling in. Yeah, oh, yeah, there was more work to be done. That was weather tight. Yeah. That we was where got we had closed it. in, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long I was laid up with that prostate operation. I don't, I don't either. think I was out of out of circulation very long. I, I think it was through the winter. Well, yeah. Oh, through the winter? Or into, uh, through most of the winter. Yeah. Huh? Are you still going? Uh-huh. What do you need? I was going to make something in my You can probably do that. I wasn't in the hospital long. I don't think I was in the hospital but four days. Right, yeah. But it took the wind out of you for a while. Yeah. Uh, but we were back at it before too long and getting more done. And Yeah. I don't know. I I stopped taking – I have really good notes through the building of the cabin. But then when it started to get to be intermittent and we would go down and build a porch, or yeah. we'd go down there and just start doing the ceiling, I lost track of my notes when we started <laughs> doing all that stuff. Oh. Uh, because uh, the story goes, you all were getting too crowded hunting down to yeah Perry County. Yeah, and yeah, then that's when uh, you know we were going to Perry County hunting with everybody with, else. Yeah, with Lee and uh, Louie and and Sam Juliet, uh, and a guy named Don Everton. Uh, and we went, you know, that's just what you did when deer season rolled around. And then it got to, uh, well, uh, we'd run out of, you know, uh, we'd get permission to hunt on somebody's property. And then we'd screw it up and tell us don't come back. Hmm. Now, uh I know one place, people's name was James, their last name, and they were really farmers, and we'd go down there in Lee's Jeep, and one Sunday afternoon, for no particular reason, while everybody was sitting in a tree stand someplace, he got in that Jeep, and he ran around, around, around in a wheat field. Oh, wow. And I mean, he destroyed it. Mm. And uh, that was uh, 
that didn't not only get us off of James's property, everybody that knew James got uh, blackballed. Yeah, so that's when Lee bought that property there. And y'all camped there some for a while before you yeah. got around to building the A-frame. Yeah. And, you know, I have them. I don't remember the A-frame not being there. Yeah, we built an A-frame pretty early because that camping down there, we had little junky tents. And then as soon as the A-frame was done, we had the pond built. And I know you remember that. Yep. Yeah, someplace there's a picture of me and the bulldozer, maybe in your lap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Lee and I'd go down. Those guys would quit working at four. Lee and I'd go down at the same time. And when they left, we'd crank up bulldozers and do more do bulldozers. A digging. Yeah. That was whose bulldozer? Huh? Whose bulldozer was it? Uh, Beerman and Engel mm-hmm. was the people that built it. And y'all just kind of scabbed the uh, A-frame together out of... Yeah, it was just out of uh, wood that uh, Lee's dad was always in the business hacking around and tearing houses down and, and stuff he had. You know where his warehouse was over... Sort of. Over Lincoln and Logan. Mm. You want to go off the Beechwood? Yeah. Yep, I do remember now. Yeah. I'm going to take a break just a second. I got to go to the bathroom. Okay? Yeah, me too. Yes. Well, we got married in 67, and we lived in that apartment to 69 because you was <coughs> a baby when we moved out of that apartment. So it must have been 69 or so when we moved out of there and bought that house on Knobview. And uh, bought this one in the very last of 72. So we didn't live at Knobview very long. No. my brain wants to tell me it was longer. I got some made-up memories of the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, like, how would I be two years old running around with kids in the neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, making sense. A quinkerts and what, yeah. what, what was it? Well, that? I remember you started riding a bike. Uh, I don't know if you could remember that basement, but in that house had a full basement on it. And there wasn't anything in the basement except the furnace set right square in the middle of it. I do have some kind of memory about riding and biking. And, uh, I got you a little bike that had little training wheels on it, and you'd ride it around and around down there in the basement. Yeah, and I was two. Yeah, and when the first time spring rolled around, and the kids was playing outside in our driveway. I'd had it paved. And I remember you wanted to bike outside. So took it out and you was riding it on the, out there. And evidently, Quinkerts and then the guys and, uh, made fun of the training wheels. Because I come home from work one afternoon and you said, you got to take them training wheels off. Hmm. 
And I thought, well, you can't ride no bike without a tram wheel on it. And I took tram wheels off on it, and you got on it and took off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense. It was a little bitty, you know, it didn't have wheels this big around. Yeah. But I remember you, you, you would, it was a fairly long driveway that went back, you know, and then had a parking place back there back where you could turn it. around. Yeah. And I remember you making a lot of trips up and down that driveway in it. And I don't know if you ever went out and up and down Knobview or not. But we was there long enough to where guys like Dale Trauber and uh, Chucky. Take was Chucky's name. I remember a Chucky. Somehow. Uh, and, a, and a boy named... There was three boys that age, uh, but it seemed like every day I come home from work, they had a bike that needed working on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of them's name was Neville, and Chucky's name. I can't remember his name, but them three guys. Uh, it was all they was all exactly the same age, and I don't know if they was the same age as Dennis or, you know, which one of the Quinkers. Yeah, too many of them. There wasn't any, uh, wasn't much distance in between ages on the Quinkers. You know, there was a, yeah, it's like once a year. Yeah, and then they had, I think two, was ten. had two sets of twins, I think. Yeah. Yep, I don't know. But, but yeah, but it don't. It seemed like it was an awful lot of life crammed into just a few years. It does. Yep, my, my I shouldn't be able to remember it, but it feels like that to me too. Again, I don't. I have no idea how that works because I got memories that shouldn't shouldn't I shouldn't well, have. I remember that working on that house at Knobview. Uh, the room that turned into where you, you and Neil had a bedroom yeah. was in the back. Uh huh. That was just studded up. Wasn't old plaster or nothing on it when we bought the house. Oh really? Uh, it was just a room. In the bathroom, uh, the bathroom in that house when I got finished with it would have been in the. Home and Garden magazine. Oh yeah, uh, it had uh, it had been a bedroom because hmm. the house shortly before we bought it had an outhouse, hmm. and they just took a bedroom and made a hole in the floor there and put a toilet there and set a tub here and. Had a then or a lavatory wall hung lavatory hanging on the wall, and that that room was probably ten foot by fourteen or so foot. That's a big bathroom. Yeah, so the I put a partition across the middle of it that had a pocket door in it and had a vanity in that part 
and a and I used part of it to make a closet for the bedroom on the front right hand corner was Don and I's bedroom and yeah. we, I made a big closet out of part of it too but I had a, a had a vanity there and Don had picked out a lavatory bowl to put in there that you could wash a baby in oh yeah it was about this big and it was deeper on one end than it was on the other it was kind of square huh. and then opened that pocket door and had a, another vanity in a tub and had a toilet, a corner toilet. In the corner? Yeah, it was, tank was a, like, shaped as this. Yeah, like Set a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Huh. I've and, never seen a toilet like that. Uh, it was, uh, and all the, the, the bathtub had a filling spout and had two handles up here for a shower. Up higher, hold another set yeah. of valves. And that had a valve here and you could, I could take a shower in there and it'd shine down on top of me. Yeah. And you could turn the valve there, and Donna had one that shined this much on her, and I'd get her hair wet. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and all the faucets and everything was gold in it, and it was real gold. Oh, well. I often wonder what happened to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the flushing knob on the toilet was gold, and the door knobs was gold-plated, and all the faucet handles real was gold-plated. Gold plated. Yeah. Uh, I had to go to... Uh, Plumber's uh, Plumber Supply had a, had a shop in Lexington that had uh, that stocked that gold hmm. fixtures, and I think that one vanity that was it was a Kohler. Uh, it even had a little spray, like the like kitchen, kitchen sink, sink spray. Yeah, come up out of it. It was a miniature. It was like that, but it was a smaller yeah. and. Come up out of there and wash babies. Off wash off your baby. It was quite a bed, bedroom or a bathroom. I mean, it, it was worth looking at. Well, I do remember always working on somebody's house. It seemed like yeah, whether if it was a room addition here or doing something at Grandma's or well, well, and I remember. I put an Eric and Buddy Barley lived down the street there, closer to the swimming pool. Yeah. And I put an air conditioner in oh, yeah. his house. Central air? Yeah. And, uh, and when, uh, I can't remember where the furnace and air conditioner, where that house had a basement or what. But while I was working down there, you was with me and you had coil up a piece of newspaper and that's how I would like to pilot light in a furnace oh, or, yeah. a, or a water heater Yeah, and you'd done that and stuck it in a water heater <laughs> and had caught to, it on fire caught that paper on fire and Bud Barley like, had a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> uh 
I remember when we were here for a while, there was a time when we we had a go-kart with no motor on it. Oh, we yeah. Would show, oh, no, it was a little mini bike with no motor on yeah. it. Yeah. That we would pull on, take up to the uphill side of the basement because the basement floor ain't level. Right. And uh, pitches to the laundry room and uh, ride, <laughs> roll that mini bike with no motor in it yeah. down yeah. there and then push it back uphill. <laughs> Wasn't much of a hill, but... yeah. Yeah, it was enough to coast. <laughs> uh, one story, I would get back to some of that hunting stuff. There was a story once about somebody come, somebody killed a deer and you end up giving it. Some guy drove by and wanted it, and you give it away. Well, we did that down on me and Louie and Johnny Joe Graff and Duck, I think. Went to West Virginia hunting, uh, and Johnny Joe. There wasn't that many deer around, huh? There wasn't very many deer around. No, uh uh-uh. And Johnny Joe killed a doe down there. When you bought a you bought a a big game license, and it was good for a turkey, a bear, or a deer. Either sex. Didn't make any different sex on any of them, but it was one of each. And he shot a deer, and most of West Virginia is is all downhill and uphill. Yeah, nothing flat. And I remember we, uh, he killed it, we heard him shoot, and we all went back over to where he was, and Louis said, well, uh, Gut it out, and I'll carry it out. So I gutted it out, shook all the insides out of it. Lou tried to get it up on his shoulders to go and carry it out, and he couldn't. It wasn't a very big deer. So uh, we, we drug it a little bit, and somebody said, let's cut a pole and hang him on a pole. Somebody get on the front and on the back. Yeah. Well, we go up them hills like that. The guy in the back, the deer, <laughs> slide down slide against down him. That thing would be down your face. <laughs> and we finally got it out. And we had it hanging on a meat pole uh, there. We had—I don't remember what was in a tent or what we was in. But uh, anyhow, we were sitting around the bonfire. And a guy drove by and he stopped in and he said, oh, you guys had some luck, huh? And I said, yeah. And, uh, he was looking at that deer and, uh, boy, I wish I'd get one like that. And John and Joe said, you have it and if you want. <laughs> and that guy said, really? And, and John and Joe said, yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> So he gave it to him, and uh, you'd have thought we'll give him a new car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how how often did y'all go to West Virginia to do that? Was that- I think we went. I don't know, four or five years, five years probably. Louis went uh, with once or twice, and, and then uh, he started going someplace else. And Duck and I went together and then 
Duck and uh, Johnny Joe and Were you going on public property? I don't think Louie was with when Johnny Joe caught. Yeah, it was a uh, uh, Daniel Boone, maybe. Well, that's Kentucky. I don't that's know Kentucky. what. Kentucky. There's uh, some big deer getting killed in West Virginia nowadays. Yeah, yeah. it was a. But it's hard. Just hunting. the other side of, out of Kentucky into West just Virginia. Just barely into it. But I don't think uh, Louie was with us when Johnny Joe. Killed. Yeah, I know he was. Louie was with us when Johnny Joe killed that. But then I, I, he didn't go after that. Uh, Bobby Timberlake went with us, uh, Duck and I, and Bill Jones. And I saw Bobby Timberlake the other day over. He'd come through McDonald's over. I hadn't seen him since, golly, I don't know how long. And he said, you know what I found at home the other day? I got a picture of me and you oh, yeah? and Bill Jones and Duck. When we was in West Virginia deer hunting. I'd like to see that picture. And I said, I'd like to have that and make a copy of. And he said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Good. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'd like uh, it be one of them be worth uh, making a copy of. And so that's where you do all that work, get that deer out of there, and then give it away. Yeah. yeah I remember we. that was one of them things that... Uh, we, uh, it took forever. It got dark on us getting that deer out of there. Louis shot one down there the year before. And, uh, and it was a long ways from where we were camping. Louie only went two years, and then I think Bill and Duck and I went probably three years after that, and Bobby Timberlake. Uh, but that second year that Louie went, somebody was supposed to go with us, and they didn't. Hmm. And I, I talked Johnny Joe Graff into going, and he borrowed a rifle from Shirley Bowman, they had a beer joint. There used to be a beer joint on Main Street called Sheryl Ray's. Yep. Uh, and that was Shirley Bowman, and he was one of those guys that hunted every place. He'd killed lions and zebras. and. Oh, yeah. So Johnny Joe used to drink beer down. I never did hang around it much. I didn't like that crowd that was down there. I never did do much west side of State Street all my whole life mm. for some reason. Street Street was what I considered my boundary line. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but uh, Johnny Joe said, "Well, yeah, I'll go, but I'll have to, I'll have to buy, get get a rifle from somebody." And he said, "But I I can get one from Cheryl Ray." So he he had a rifle. I don't remember. It was a Seiko or something. Hmm. Uh, and I don't remember what. But boy, it was a pretty rifle. It was one of them things that you hated to take in the, take in the woods. It really was. It, the stock was all carved, and all the receiver part of it was all engraved. Engraved, yeah. It was really a really a pretty rifle. And is that what you got that thirty thirty for? I got that thirty four thirty. 
I had a friend named John Schupert lived up in Lincoln Heights up there close to Cleb's house. And he was in my class in high school. And when he got out of high school, him and his buddy Lance Emery decided they was going to go to Florida. Somebody told them uh, that you could go to Florida and go to work for, uh, go to Miami and go to work as a bellhop or a whatever at a hotel yeah. and make an absolute fortune. Yeah. So they went to Florida and went to work in a hotel and he bought that rifle that would have been in 56 or so and he bought that rifle sometime shortly after that to alligator hunt with and then they outlawed alligator hunting yeah and he come home uh was going to join the uh marines so he quit that job lance went to california Never did come back. And John come home and joined the Marines. And he come by home one day and he said, uh, I'm leaving for Marines uh, Monday. You want this rifle? Hmm. And I said, yeah. And he said, and I don't remember what he wanted for it, but I paid him for it. And that's when I got it. Uh, and that would have, I don't, he went off, he he ended up, he spent his whole career in a service. Oh, really? Hey, did you all gun hunt in West Virginia? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could hunt with any kind of rifle yeah. from West Virginia. The only thing I remember is everybody bow hunting, you know. Yeah. That's, the only, that's uh, I, well, you know, I say today, I didn't even know you could hunt with a gun when I was uh, little. I don't know. I think Indiana first hunting season was 58. Huh. But in 58, I think it was only two or three deer killed, killed the first year they yeah. had a hunting season. And you had to hunt with a shotgun hmm. or a bow. I don't think, well, yeah, I guess you could. But anyhow, when, they, when Indiana had a bow come up, I mean, was going to have a deer season, Louie and and Lee Mook, and maybe Jim Weiss. Nah, Jim wasn't home from a service. He was still in the, he was in, he was, he spent some time in Vietnam. Yep. It was after he come home from Vietnam when he started hunting. I don't remember, I guess that Donnie Everton was the same age as Lee, was well, three years older than me. But anyhow, we all bought bows, and uh, Louis Louis had a bear bow, and I bought my bow from Herders yeah. catalog. Still got it, and I, and I think Lee bought his bow from Herders, hmm. and Donnie Everton had a bow that was. Uh, Big long, it was a a Hoyt maybe, hmm. but it looked like it was a bow that was made to go 
competition shooting. Oh, yeah. It was real pretty. It was uh, blue and white. And <laughs> yeah, more of a target gun yeah. or a target bow, yeah. like Olympic target bow. Yeah, but we all started shooting a bow then. Uh, In anticipation of a hunting season coming. Yeah, because I, I used to shoot that... Uh, when I started shooting when we lived at Knobview. Yeah. I can remember the smell of arrows from all the way back in. Yeah. I don't know why, but I can remember it. And I do have that picture someplace. There's a picture of me and you in the floor, or you're on the floor, and I've got that bow. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to pull it back. You know, I got it. Remember, it had camouflage limb covers on it. Right, yeah. And uh, socks you pulled over. Right, yeah. Yep, I like that picture. Uh, it had uh, that at the time was one of the better bows that herders had in their catalog. I yeah. forget what they called. They had weird names for them. You know, they was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember either. But yeah, they had cool names for them. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember, you know, we, I sold that that catalog that I bought it out of, that still had the receipt in it. Went when we had the auction here. Oh, did it? Yeah, but probably should have kept that receipt. It, it had the receipt and, uh, on the same page the bow was on. End up, and their arrows were Port Orford. Cedar. Yep. Same with what I shoot now. Port Orford cedar arrows. Is that right? Yep. That smell. And I think those first broadheads I got, they were a flat broadhead and they had a little insert that slipped around through a... Those are bare broadheads. Yeah. And we still have some of them. Is that right? I still they have be, some bare broadheads they, around. They it's got the on. inserts. That'd been one of them things that I often thought uh, I'll start collecting broadheads because God darn, everybody had a different kind yeah. and everybody bought a different set every year. Because oh, yeah. you know they you buy uh, half a dozen of them for a couple bucks yeah. back then. Well, that's and then most of them were glue on back then. Probably all. Uh-oh. Because I have some memory of somebody showing up at deer camp with a compound bow. Yeah. When there wasn't one the year before. Yeah. And I don't know if I was hunting or if it was just us going down there. I, yeah. Uh, I but was, I remember, I think it was Louie. Yeah. Uh, had a bare one, a bare compound bow. It had the wheels that hooked up on the limbs where yeah. that string went all different directions. Yeah, you know, I think Bear made one, and uh, Louie have one, but you could change the bow, the string from this wheel to this wheel. And change it? Yeah, and it'll change it from a 30 to a 50 or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you could do that in the field. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um. So did you gun hunt in Indiana? I did a little bit. Uh, so I don't remember any gun hunting. Uh, I, but for deer. Yeah, I had that. Uh, I had a a red dot scope 
That same one on that 20-gauge Browning? On that 20-gauge gun. Yeah, the original red dot. And I think I, I think I only took it to Lee's one time, hmm. one season. Yeah. And I remember when I put that thing on there, and uh, they, everybody's on my ass about that goofy-looking sight on yeah. there. It is goofy looking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Lee, we used to uh, camp right where the... Uh, what we call the gravel pile. Yeah, the terrible... The terrible bump. Yeah. We used to, we had a table set up there and a couple of chairs and benches and stuff before we moved over by the creek. Yeah. And we was there. There's still a chair frame was down in there up until not too long ago. A yeah. lawn chair type yeah. frame was leaning right. down yeah. in there. Might still be there. <laughs> and we, uh, Lee and I was walking up a lower road and, and we got up in the field there where, and he was talking about, you know, why don't you get you a real sight and put on that rifle? And I said, this is, a, this is really a good sight. And he said, oh, that's the goddamn thing. And I I don't remember what kind it was. I don't either. Uh, I think the box is still around here that come yep. in. And, uh, and I bought it from a catalog someplace. Uh, we didn't have much uh, art or Bush and Keller was the only sporting goods store around. And about the time that we started hunting, they started going out of the gun business. Mm. And I bought a couple guns from them. I bought that 20 gauge from them, matter of fact. But anyhow, Lee was on me about that sight. And I said, well, I'll show you how good this sight is. And we all had, every time we went hunting, somebody would have a new thermos bottle. Yeah. You know, got a better thermos bottle. You ought to see this one. And Lee had just got a new one of some kind of, it might have held a quart of coffee. It was a big thermos, and I don't remember was it Stanley or what it was. But anyhow, we had them all on that table. And we was up there about where the road comes in. You know, where we used to drive into yep. that field? Uh-huh. Well, it's about right there. And I said, well, I'll show you what that is. And I said, which one of them thermos is yours? And he said, that tall one. And I shot that thing. <laughs> Broke that thermos all the way. <laughs> yeah, a 20-gauge slug will put a hurt on uh, it. Yeah, that, when that deer slug went there, <laughs> <went that, laughs> it knocked everything off the table. And it, it went in one side of that thermos and come out the other side coffee went out like a bomb went off and god damn he got mad <laughs> he didn't think you'd hit it you know it's funny now you think about that old technology that load go, you know nowadays everything the red dot sights are the standard yeah it's a completely different thing that's a no batteries and it just worked yeah. through its optics so it, but nowadays I, yeah i don't know how it works put but a it, red dot on a pistol today it was a good sight but it was goofy looking yeah it does look goofy a uh, little double barreled looking thing stacked yeah uh, uh, well, that's one thing that hasn't changed. You talked about new broadheads and new thermoses and all that, and uh, that's still a hunter's thing, you know. There's still that 
going yeah. to get the next best thing next year, you know, and there yeah. people trade well, up. You know, well, that was one of them up. things that pocket knives and thermoses and broadheads was one of them things that every, every weekend somebody had a new one of. Yeah. You, you ought to get you one of these. Yeah. It's still kind of the same thing in some level. I mean, <laughs> it's different stuff, different gadgets. And, yeah. Uh, getting, I'm I'm a sucker for it. Whoever come up with that, uh, hit a good marketing thing because yeah. hunters want the next the next new gadget or yeah. the next new broadhead. Or uh, I just saw this company the other day come out with uh, broadheads and there's three of them in the three of them in the package and I think it's maybe a hundred and eighty dollars for the good three group. broadheads. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I was looking that thing come from. Bass Pro Bass Shop. Bass Pro and Cabela's looking at prices and stuff in there. And uh, I I don't think that it was that expensive. Oh, it wasn't. You know, comparatively. Yeah, no. Because um, I bought that 20-gauge gun at Bush Keller. I had a... Dad bought me a a bold action 20 gauge gun for my 10th birthday hmm. a Mossberg and it had a adjustable choke, choke on, the on it. it yeah and I hunted with it with, with them guys when they got uh, most of them guys like Duck and Louie them guys were older than me by part of a year or a year so they were driving a long time before I was. Hmm. But, you know, when they go someplace want to go hunting, a lot of times I'd, I'd, you know, I was traipsing along. Tagging along. And uh, and that, you know, Duck always hunted with a double-barrel shotgun. Oh, really? Deer hunting with a double-barrel shotgun? Uh, no, rabbit oh, hunting. Rabbit hunting, okay. Yeah. And I never did shoot a, a slug through that uh, Bolt action. That bolt action gun. It probably would shoot a pretty good one, but I never did shoot slug clip. But we'd rabbit hunt with it, and I decided I wanted, I was going to bit me So I bought a, a 20 gauge Model 37 Ithaca gun, and I hunted with it a while, and then. The guys convinced me I ought to have a 12-gauge gun, not a 20-gauge gun. So I bought a 12-gauge, a that 12-gauge Brownie gun. Yeah. Well, that's like carrying a, a you know, to yeah. rabbit hunt with. It's a lot of gun. Yeah. And so right after that, I bought that 20-gauge gun. And then I went back and bought another barrel for it. Mm-hmm. And I bought that gun, and I think I don't I don't remember what, it, but Art didn't have one in stock, Art Keller, mm-hmm. and I bought it and give him a deposit on it, and then it come in, and I paid him a little more, and then a week or so later I went back and paid it off and got it. And then uh, it had a improved cylinder barrel on it. Yeah. And I went squirrel hunting with it. And I didn't like the way it shot. 
So I went back and got a full choke choke, barrel put on. And the full choke barrel was supposed to, and I think I paid for a full choke or a rib barrel, but I didn't get it. Didn't get it. With a plain barrel. Mm. It's a nice shotgun. I think Neil's kind of commandeered that one. Yeah, he's, I think uh, so. He's shot out. She used to deer hunting and uh, used it enough that uh, he liked it enough to keep it. It's a, it's a nice little gun. It is a nice gun. Uh, there was another story. You all were hunting someplace. Didn't Lee shoot a deer off the tailgate or something or right off? You all oh, were sitting we around was, eating. We was up at the ammunition plant. You know, when you draw for a... Yeah, uh, special draw hunts. Yeah, and you, if you got drawed, you got a area where you had to stay in that area. S- yeah, had a number on a tree, and you're supposed to stay within a hundred yards yep. or something of that tree. And they took you out on a, it's a little sharp bus. Oh yeah, you went you dropped you off. Stop, you know, twenty three. You jump off, you know, and the was in the middle. It's dark. Dark, yeah. And then go down a little farther, you know, and then 18 get off here. And, and we all, me and Louie and Lee, I think it's just three of us. And we decided when we was, you know, you had to go through a safety meeting. Yep, I've done that too. And uh, then get on that, uh, get on that bus, and we decided that we'd been there before and we was going to meet at a certain place in a fielder and eat lunch. So come lunchtime, we all climbed out of our trees and met over in that field. We were sitting down in the grass uh, eating bologna sandwiches and had our thermoses there, everything spread out. And there's three or four deer running through there like that. God damn, I've been here all morning. I only saw one deer and it wasn't close enough to shoot. And here come two more deer, come tippy toeing through right, right, right where we was eating. And Lee said, God damn, the next deer comes through here, I'm going to shoot it. And he had a bologna sandwich in his mouth. And the deer come in, he grabbed his bow and he got up on his knees. And she, Shot and killed that that deer. Felt over dead right there. <laughs> and the bologna sandwich went everywhere. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, string <laughs> ripped it out of his mouth. But he got it. Yeah, it made a good shot on him. And that deer just fell over. This is like a shooting a, in a, a one of. Them, Carnival shooting, yeah, like a games target. Just he hit it, it just went like that, (laughs) (laughs) and it was running. It was doing this. Oh yeah, loping. Yeah, (laughs) I don't remember very many. I remember Brad killing a deer down there that night that we were out, and I was in the back of that Bronco or whatever it was bouncing around. I don't think. uh, Yeah, Brad killed a real big deer down there. Did you go help him find it? It went over in that cornfield. We the, went out, and yeah, I think most some guys was cut through the f- woods and, to find a deer in the dark, and then figured out it was going to be easier to drive around yeah. and go up in that field and get it. So I got in the truck with those guys sitting on a seal test carton in that 
yeah. four-wheel drive getting bounced around all over every place <laughs> trying to hold on. And, oh. uh, and that's the first deer ca- encounter or somebody, you know, getting a deer. First one I remember. Yeah. I, mean, I probably was the first one I was well, around. Uh, Jim killed his deer when we was hunting up at Louis in his uh, Louis trailer. Oh yeah. When Louis when Jim yep. Weiss. Yep. And he was still going down to Lee's at the cabin down there. And I don't remember Louis ever killing one down there. Uh, Kenny Pearl killed one yep. when we were staying up at Louis's cabin. cabin. Yeah. And Marty and Ron, I think they killed one every year. They killed more deer than anybody. Yeah, and I never saw them down there. I don't ever remember seeing them, except for later on. Yeah. Uh, and they were more interested in hunting at home. Yeah. Than they were hunting down there, but still did come down once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I and there was a guy friend of Lee's named Bob Nix that come down there. Yep, all I remember him. And he didn't hunt; he just hung cooked out. Yeah. And cut firewood. Yep, kept the camp going. Oh, another memory I have is when we built my tree stand when we hauled yeah. that. I think, if I remember right, we put stuff in like a red wagon and drug it down Lindley's Road. I, I don't remember, uh, but I remember we, you know, it was a it was a job when you built a tree stand because it took an arm full of wood. Yeah, that's and, what what I remember was putting it in a wagon and dragging it down the trail, yeah. and then you know stopped, and then we had to carry it from there. Yeah, carry yeah, it the hill, rest yeah. of it down the hill. We had. I think we ended up with three tree stands down in that area. On that hill? Mine and uh, yours. and Did we build one for Neil one time down there? I don't remember building one for Neil. I don't think so either. Because Neil didn't, I don't remember Neil going that much. Uh, he would go no. to uh, Paul Sellers with us yeah. when we went there, either yeah. deer hunting or duck hunting. Well, Usually, actually, yeah. duck hunting is what we were really well, there I remember when we used to go, because we had... Uh, we couldn't, you couldn't, I don't remember where we parked, really, but you and I would walk up there in, in Louis the dark, driveway, out Lindley's Road, and then drop over that hill and find them tree stands. Yep. And then if we would walk into Lee's cabin, yeah, if yeah, we was walk going, if we were staying, if we there. weren't, we just left out yeah. the same way. And that's when we parked across the street from where... Louis' driveway is. I guess so. Up there right, on the yeah. very top of the hill, there was that little parking place was carved out on the yeah. other side of the driveway. Lee had that Jeep that used to sit there. Yeah. Because you couldn't, most of our vehicles couldn't get back there. Uh, <laughs> most people's vehicles couldn't get back there. I think uh, Lee. yeah, Lee's Jeep was the only thing that would go back there. And then he got, I don't know, I can't remember when he started driving that Bronco and he would drive all the way back there. Yeah. But he was the only guy that drove all the way back there. Yeah. Them little CT-70 motorcycles that him and... I remember once uh, we went down there one weekend and we took... Uh, and I guess it was in one of them blazers that Lee had. A blazer, not a yeah. Bronco. It was a blazer. Uh, me and Lee and Jim Weiss. And Jim had never hunted before. Oh, yeah. He come here from up north someplace, and 
went to New Albany High School one year, and then went in the Army, was in Vietnam, and then come home. Mm. And I don't know how he got in with Lee and Louie and I, but he did anyhow. But anyhow, he wanted to go with us down in the 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 cabin down there was brand new you know it just been finished uh lee's cabin yeah and uh so we were still parking up on the hill where i can't think of what that guy's name was that had to form you went past our there was that road didn't come in then that road didn't go you know the road in and out uh didn't go you had to go up to underwood's driveway and yeah, turn we, left yeah we went and i can't remember who lived there where underwood was yeah. but we parked up at his place and then walked through his back lot and caught what that road you know down the hill yeah. and where lindley's road goes this way yeah and walked to the Lee's cabin. We cut and through. We took Weiss down there one weekend, and he didn't hunt. He stayed at the cabin, and then come home with us. And he said, "I'll be back next week." And something happened where he couldn't. He was married at the time, and he couldn't go on Friday afternoon. You know when we went down. And he said, I'll be down later. And in the middle of the night, cold, raining like hell, midnight, here he come in. (laughs) And how he found his way, you know, he parked up there like all the rest of us. I can't think of what that guy's name was. He used to come down and steal the coffee out of out of the cabin or the coffee and the sugar yeah and he'd leave a note I owe you a can of coffee and a can of sugar I'll pay you next week and never did uh, but we parked at his house and walked in that was a you know uh, just a path from his house over to that road and then in and you didn't you about were uh, Jenny's, Jenny's or place Dennis's is. driveway is now. We yeah, cut up into there. Went there and down behind where the pond yep, is. Come now. in above the pond. Yeah. That trail's still there. Yeah. Uh, and how in the hell we found that? In the middle of the night in the middle rain. Middle of the night, yeah. But I remember he come in. He had a he was, had an umbrella and come in and he had bought a. I don't know whether he had a bow or a gun with it too, hmm. and and he had on his army poncho, uh, poncho and all that stuff. His army uniform, his oh yeah, and uh, the camo- camouflage stuff. And he come in. And I remember he 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 had he had an umbrella and uh, had a sack of food. We used to always say we had, he a, had a gun or a bow, one of the two. Yeah, ready to hunt. Yeah. 
used to always call them goodie bags. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody carried a goodie bag. Yeah, and that was another one of them things. You had a different one. You don't found a better one. Yeah. I don't ever remember seeing no new ones. It was always some army surplus yeah. looking thing of a different shape and a different size. Nobody used backpacks like everybody hunts today uses yeah. a little day pack. I don't remember anybody down there having a backpack. Yeah. And hunting out of nailed up wooden tree yeah. stands, which are still <laughs> the remnants of a lot of those are still around. Uh, if it's not just the nails in the trees still yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. You can see a stick of wood here. Yeah. There was one right there on the road. There still is. You can see that. Oh, piece you? of lumber there on that little ridge between yeah. uh, between the road and the field. I don't there. remember whose tree stand that was. It's an oak I tree. There was one there. There's one down in the bushes or down in one of the little islands too. There oh, was, is there? There was. Yeah. There was a tree stands I, every there gosh used damn place. Used to be one in a cedar tree there on bronze property. Yeah. Right, close to where that spring comes out. Yep. And there was one down there at the corner where we turned to go in the cabin, right there yeah. at the corner of the property. And then there was one yeah. just up the hillside a little bit behind the cabin. Yeah. And before the cabin was everywhere, and then the number one stand was up in them woods. There was yeah. tree stands every damn place. All the way out Lindley's Road. I think. Just at on the one left time, side. there was probably 12, 15 tree yep. stands nailed around Easy. here. Now. Yep. Louis High tree stand. Yeah. Uh, yours, mine. Lee had a half I, a I dozen. Know Lee had one up on uh, John Gilliatt's property that always, he always raised hell about it, about whose property it was on. Oh, yeah. And there really wasn't any argument, you know, Gilliatt's property. Uh, yeah, he did like to claim more than he owned. Yeah. <laughs> and and Gilliatt was, he was a tree hugger. He didn't think you ought to put a nail in a tree. Yeah, he was a timber guy. Yeah. He didn't want you to take the value out of his <laughs> woods. Uh, and I know that Lee had a tree stand on Lindley's Road before we got to where we turned off. Right. And another one out further after. Yeah. Uh, I think at one, and then there was that one called Bed Springs, they called. It was down there in that, kind of by where that coyote den and that spring is. Right. It's over on that hillside. Yeah. A lot of tree stands. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I don't think anybody had one that overlooked the power line. No, I don't know anybody ever went that far. I didn't know there's power lines over <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Uh, me yeah. and Ted used to slip down there too after we weren't. Who? Me and Ted. Oh yeah. Trespassing. Yeah. We didn't do it with permission. We go there and park in that parking spot and go walk back in there. Yeah. And we'd either go out Lindley's Road and hunt or go back towards Lee's yeah. and hunt. Uh, we never did do any good. Where'd you kill the deer? The one the buck you killed in Blue River out there at a, oh whatever. What was the name of that valley? It was like Sleepy Hollow or something, but it was a power line cut that ran down out there by Recreation Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Because Richard had that uncle that lived it. Yeah. And Richard knew a whole bunch of people out there through his family somehow or another. So yeah. he, he had permission to hunt on places that, you know, I never I never had permission to hunt on them, you know, <laughs> personally. But Richard would take you out there and go hunting. And yeah. 
uh, didn't I don't know there was a back then no we just didn't pay attention much to property lines and stuff no never certainly didn't down there to lease I guess I'm, you know because we hunted a lot on what was bronze and I don't know who that was back that long ago uh you know on the other side of the road it's now Hoosier National Forest but yeah um and then Gilead's, everybody would stretch up on the back end of that piece. Yeah. Uh, I know we like to hunt up there. Yeah. Uh, there's a saddle up there behind the behind Lee's cabin. Yeah. That we had a chair sitting at. Yeah. He just hunted usually out of a chair. <laughs> um, then we got when we got run out of there and we started hunting out of Louis and we hunted out of Dave Dewar's place a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, down there at Patoka. That's where yeah. I killed my first deer. Was out of Dewar's yeah. place. The Dewar's, is that right? And that time, and Ted shot that deer down there. We blood trailed all over the place, and never did find. Yeah. Um, I shot that first deer down there. I had that cast on my leg. I oh had, yeah. That was when I broke my leg, and yeah. I, it was a, it was a fall after that, and I drug that deer out with the cast on my leg, and when I got back to the truck. Ted showed up a little bit later and was, well, why didn't you come get me? And I was bound and determined to get that deer out of there by myself. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't remember what, who owned that property were. Uh, there was, back where Lindley's and those guys were building them cabins, uh, there was a guy from down that area, one of them hillbillies down there named Ron Moon, mm -hmm. and he owned some of that property back there. And he's the one that, he sold that property to Lindley's. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know whether he owned the part that Ron had. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, as before, I paid attention to uh, it. There was a guy named Hard Wolf that owned a, a lot. I think he owned the part where our cabin is. Yeah, I think he owned that whole side of the hill from Louis and yeah. Lee's and Louis Jenny's bought and his property from a lady that lived out there where that Michelle you know, has got that. Junkie house. Yeah, there was a house there burned down, right? Yeah, they had uh, her name was Worley. Yep. Yeah. Francis Worley. Yeah, that's who. Uh, that's who Louis bought his. Oh, property was it? From. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think if you go back far enough, Wolf owned a whole bunch of, back in there. Oh yeah. And then it. But I, I just have some memories of when I went, because I went on that, archive hunt kind of, and went to Orange County and. Looked in the archives to see who owned what when, and yeah. you could see these land transfers. And when, because yeah. one person owned a whole bunch of it, and then it started getting just like everything else, getting yeah. sliced up and diced up. That's kind of what that Moon guy did. He bought, he bought that out back at Lindley's Road, yeah. and I don't know how much he had, but you know, uh, he had one time owned that chunk that we got back here yeah and then whatever Lindley's either both of their places and he was one time was gonna he was gonna build a house uh, or a cabin back between the power lines 
and where that Charlie Lindley started that cabin. Yeah. And I don't know if Moon still owns any of that back there, back there or nope. not. Nope. I don't see that name on my, you know, on that Onyx yeah. thing. You can. He was and I asked of, Roger Moon if he was in relation to uh, Ron I'm Moon. I'm sure he they did, are. He said probably cousin somehow, but I don't know him. That girl over at the hardware store, her name's Robin Moon. Yeah, yeah. There's a Orange County History Facebook page I belong to. Yeah, they got show pictures and that moon name pops up. Oh yeah, in the old archives and stuff, pretty often. Yeah, uh, I inspected a house for down Carden for a guy named Moon, and I asked him. I said, "You, you're in relation to Ron Moon?" He said, "Well, yeah, but don't tell anybody." Yeah. <laughs> and. And it was after uh, I would, because I asked him about Roger, and he said, "Yeah, Roger was close to his dad's side mm-hmm. of the family." Yeah, those Lindley guys, and particularly what was the one Mark? Yeah, I guess was the one that lived there, right? Right. That yeah. actually He's, built the cabin, finished it, and lived there, yeah. and lived there in them bad winters of seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy yeah. nine, whatever the years that was. Because uh, I, I have a couple of times where I remember him come walking through the woods while I'm in a tree stand. Yeah. You know, with him and his dog. Yeah. He never did hunt, but he ginseng hunted and mushroom, mushroom hunted, hunted yeah. uh, a lot. And he was one of them guys that knew, you know, what this weed was. And he was kind of a naturalist. I don't know. I don't. I, I know he still lives around Paoli someplace, in a Lindley's, someplace or another. I had a book about English, and the Lindley family come from North Carolina or someplace. Oh yeah, with some religious group, hmm. and come there and settled. And at one time, there's a whole bunch of Lindleys and and Gilliots, and, and I, I think don't know if there's any moons. I've seen I've seen some of those articles in there too. There was a John Gilliot that was uh, some kind of way before the John Gilliot we know. Yeah. Uh, and somebody in there tagged Roger's wife Valerie and said, you know, do you, yeah. can you shed any light on this? Because it was some mystery about this guy. Yeah, there was some, uh, like a family feud thing. Yeah, right, yep. Yeah. Uh, so back to you for a minute on this. Uh, you got rid of the beer joint, and then you didn't go straight to home inspecting. No, I... You swinging a hammer again for a little yeah. while? Yeah, for a few years. And I think, I don't know, was it like 82 when I got rid of the beer joint? Seems right. And I started inspecting homes in 88. Mm. So pretty good little shot. Yeah, so I was, there was six years in there. I remember a period, there was a guy, what was the guy's name that you worked with? He would come over here, and y'all would go together sometimes, and we'd oh, be Jerry breakfast. Reed. Jerry, Jerry Reed, yeah, yeah, little short guy. Yep, 
And the same name as the guy on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably that's what we was doing between the beer joint. In that and, window? Yeah. Because I can remember him showing up where he, we're sitting eating yeah. whatever for breakfast in the morning, and he'd come through here, and yeah. we'd go to school, and y'all would go to work. He he had been a been a car salesman for Bernie. Oh yeah, yeah. And when I I don't know I had a room addition sometime, and I went down to Kirstein's had a beer joint on Main Street and sold real good little hamburgers for a quarter or something. And I'd go down there and eat lunch once in a while. And, and I went in there one time, Jerry was ten and bar. Hmm. And he wasn't working for Bernie anymore. And uh, he said, what are you doing? And I was, and I don't, we was starting a, I was starting a room addition someplace. And he said, you need any help? And I said, well, yeah. And he said, well, I hate this damn tin bar. He said, uh, we'll do that together. So we did two or three room addition things together. Uh, we did Tom Young's room addition over there on Middle Lane. Hmm. I think it is off of Slate Run Road. Yeah. And then you end up, how'd you get into the home inspecting business? Uh, Hauser. Hauser was doing it? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I got a hold of Hauser about something. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, he'd gone to work for, uh, what the hell was Bill's name? Yeah, I remember too. I can't remember. I can't remember what Bill's name was. He said, I've gone to work for Bill uh, inspecting homes. And I said, really? And he said, uh, that's what you ought to do. And I said, well, what the hell you do? And he said, well, here, let's go do one. And I'll show you. So we went and inspected a home and... Then he took me by to meet Bill. God darn, I can't think of Bill's name. I can't either. Uh, but met him. I feel he, like it started with a Y, like Yates or Jaeger or. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I remember. can't remember either. Uh, it don't matter. But I remember when I met him. Uh, he had the same name of a guy that had a mortgage company on uh, Market Street in in Louisville hmm. that when I was in the insurance business, I was sending him insurance homeowners policies for houses that, you know, got, got this mortgage. And I can't remember what the name of the mortgage company was. But anyhow, I said, uh, I used to uh, write a bunch of insurance policies for a guy and he said, yeah, it was my dad. Hmm. I can't think what Bill's name was. But anyhow, I met Bill, talked to him, and he said, well, you want to go to work in the morning? And I said, yeah. So that was one of them things you... Uh, like apprenticed. Yeah, but 
the way you worked it, he got half of the income, but he did, uh, he had an office that set up the appointments and all and did the advertising and yeah, all that. Yeah. So did the booking? The yeah, the have uh, whatever the insurance fee or the inspection fee was, he got half of. And then he wanted to live out west. He always wanted to be a. Every year he went on a a ride from Cheyenne to Cody or something oh, like yeah, that. Like horseback. Yeah, where some guys took covered wagons oh really and some guys rode horses and, uh, like a wagon train yeah, and it was one you know took a couple two or three weeks and they'd stop at night and yeah pitch camp somebody had a chow wagon you know and that kind of thing yeah and he he wanted to go west to live he'd been married i think bill had married, been married five or six times uh, but anyhow, he was talking about going west, and Hauser bought the business from him on a contract kind of thing. And uh, there was some kind of thing that when Hauser bought it, uh, I, uh, I went, that's when I started on my own. And Hauser bought that business, who was home inspection of Kentuckiana. Right, yep. And it was a, a corporation at the time. And he bought it and had a contract with Bill that Bill would stay out of the inspection business. Hmm. You know, a no-compete thing. Yep. Well, uh, Bill had an awful lot of people that wanted him to inspect their homes. So they'd call and he'd inspect one. And Hauser found out about it and ended up didn't have to pay him for the business. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Got it, out of the contract because yeah. the guy cheated on the yeah. no compete clause? Yeah. And the way Bill did uh, inspections, he took one of them yellow pads, you know, a legal pad. Yep. And he started talking. He, his was a narrative. Oh, really? He wrote the whole thing, everything, you know. Yeah. How many steps you went up front. Mm-hmm. Documented the process by hand. Yeah. He, I remember helping you put together your forms yeah. on a computer. Yeah. We sit down there and squeeze that sucker much as that on the least amount of pages we could squeeze it onto. Yeah. Because it was on tri- them uh, carbon copy type <laughs> things where you. Yeah, it was on a. Uh, I, I guess they come. It was a two part thing, didn't it? Made a, made white, a white cover and a yellow back. Yep. Or yellow so it would make page. two copies when you filled it out. Yeah, it would make a because back in nobody had copy machines like we do now. Yeah, everybody's got a copy machine in their house nowadays. But yeah. do you yeah. or, you ordered? Then you had somebody print them off, or in that no? Yeah. We, or did you, you didn't print them off yourself? Did you or did you? I can't remember. I got a feeling I can remember a printer running for a long time and it we made stuff had come a on a roll. That was I forget what they called it, but it, it uh, got fed by a roll of that. Yeah, and it it would print two or three pages deep. Yeah, 
Yeah, it would it would make the original where it yeah. would go ahead and stamp it through that yeah. carbon copy stuff and the carbon paper come on a roll. Did. I think it did print. Yep, I think, I think we did print them. I think I remember hearing that printer run for yeah. it. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I had them printed at a print shop down on uh, Pearl Street. And I think you said... You know, if you have a printer, this kind of printer, we can do this ourselves. Yeah, I think so. Run through a lot of them forms. Yeah. You don't know how yeah, they do a, uh, I don't know how many boxes of them we had upstairs there for yeah. a long time. Of inspections? Yeah. Yeah, got any idea how many you did? I know you stayed busy doing it for, what was it? I 15, did about 300 years? a year for however many years that was, from 88 to, I don't know, 2009. 20 years, 21 years. And, and times a, 300. That's a mighty good business. 6,300. Yeah, I thought about it for a little bit. Uh, the only thing every day when I come home from work, I always had a hard time going to sleep, worrying about getting sued. Yeah, everybody got sued in Hauser. I don't know, and you know, uh, I had a pretty good contract. I thought I paid a lot for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I know uh, Hauser and uh, Kenny. I can't remember Kenny's name. And Eric Watts was uh, the three guys that that I was closest to uh, in the inspection business. It was Kenny's name. Huh. Uh, but those guys got sued all the time. They was always in court. And they had a pretty good contract, evidently. Uh, but they'd go to court and win some, lose some. I know Eric got he got beat real bad by a guy by the name of Jim Adams, wrote for the Courage Journal. Oh yeah, I remember that name. Because uh, you air quote missed something. Well, no, he he bought. One of a big old house over on Second or Third Street, one of them three-story houses, mm-hmm. and renovated all of it. And then he wanted to finish it. it. Had a great big giant attic in it, and he wanted to finish the attic in it. And he busted it up into apartments, or for him? Uh, no, it was just for him and his family. Okay. And that when he got a contractor to do the upstairs, that attic. Uh, the contractor got to talking about the roof structure. Uh, you know, not even closely related to the building code. Well, hell, it was built hundred prob- years probably the- in the 1890s. Yeah. And it stood up without a sag. But anyhow... And probably was overbuilt. Huh? Most of those older things oh, yeah. were older you know, giant. They might have not been spaced properly. Right, yeah. You know, according to today's code. Yeah. But there was a whole, whole lot more wood in them and structural strength. 
But anyhow, uh, that uh, that Adams guy sued uh, Eric and got a whole bunch of thousands of dollars from him. I mean, a bunch. From him directly, or does he? Did you no, have insurance? And he didn't have insurance. Oh wow! I always had insurance, and I was scared to death of yep. attorneys. Yep. Still, uh, uh, yeah. And I remember that, and I remember something would come up, and it'd be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> to you, I'd hear you talking to mom about it, or whatever, yeah. or talking to somebody about it, and. And I remember, uh, and and when that happened to Eric, and Eric was one of the best inspectors I knew of. I mean, he studied the building code, and and uh, you know, I I had a code book, and I just paged through it and tried to keep up with changes they made every three years and that kind of thing. Yeah. It was important that I thought was important, but he knew what size nails you're supposed to use and how many you put in the top and bottom yeah. and and uh and but uh boy when he went to court he really he really uh it was one of them things that he got cost him probably about what that house cost Jim wow. Adams. Yeah. Well that deal where people are looking for that free ride, you know, yeah. stick it to somebody and uh you never really had any bad luck that direction, though, really, no, did you? No, uh-uh. I got sued a couple of times. That, uh, both times was about septic tanks, and I always wrote uh, if it property had a septic tank, I always hand-wrote a note on it that said uh, the waste system was not inspected or not part of this inspection and I recommend you contact in the county health department about your waste system yeah uh, because far back as way back to probably in the 40s you were supposed to get a permit from the health department to put a septic tank in and the county health officer was supposed to come and test the soil and see the slope of the f- field and yeah, the all septic that. field. But nobody did it. Mm. You know, if you want to build a house, dig a hole and call thorns and then throw a septic tank in it. Yeah. And I got sued two times on it. And when they, uh, when the, Judge read that paragraph in there that I hand wrote in it. Right. Sent me home. Well, that was a pretty good gig, more overall. Of, uh, yeah. And good for you because you knew your stuff and already wasn't like you had to learn a whole bunch of new things. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it was a really good business for me. Yeah. And the only drawback I had to, and it was good money. Uh, and when I first started doing them, probably half of them paid me cash. Yeah. Because uh, it really almost became a thing about then. There yeah. wasn't 
you, I don't home inspections just in, home inspections was something new yeah I, mean, well, I don't know yeah. that it really was but it seemed like it well when I started uh, all of them I did was in Louisville mm-hmm. because Louisville had a clause in their offer form that you made when you was going to buy real a estate, house. yeah. It had a little line in there that said you have the right to have a home inspection and check here if you want one or if you decline it. Well, people would say, what the hell is a home inspection? And they'd say, well, they got some jerk comes around, he climbs on the roof and crawls in an attic and... Looks it over for you. Looks at looks at everything. Writes down what needs to be fixed and and well, what's it cost? And well, probably a couple hundred dollars. Well, hell, I want one. Yeah. Well, um, it was probably five years later. Indiana put that in their offer form. Yeah. And then I started doing a bunch over here, and then the traffic got all crazy. And I started telling the people that I work for in Louisville, uh, I don't have a Kentucky license, so I can't do them in Kentucky. Oh, yeah? Kentucky, I don't think, still has a license law. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you, you didn't want to go over there anymore? Yeah. Um. But I could have, a guy could have done... Uh, and that, I can't think of what Kenny's name was, but he did four inspections a day. Yeah, that's tough. I just did one in the morning, one in the night. Yeah. Or afternoon. Yeah. Uh, that's plenty for me. Yeah. But he did he did four, and he didn't want the people there. He went and did the inspection by himself. Yeah, race through it. And but he did he did four a day, and he did a lot of them. He made a lot of money. He got himself in trouble. He was. Wanted to be early on. He was a friend of Hauser's, and Hauser got him into building business. And he built a couple houses, and then the building business hit the skids a little bit, and Kenny went into dope business. Oh, really? And he got caught out around Floyd Central with a trunk full of marijuana. Oh, wow. And somehow he... Uh, his lawyer got him pleading guilty to some tax evasion to where he didn't go to jail but he had a great big tax bill and that's when he went in home inspections and that's why he did four a day yeah paying off that bill yeah well that would make sense (laughs) but he was he was geared up to to go to uh, he was geared up to go to prison over uh, selling marijuana out of Floyd Central. Yeah, yeah, that'll get you. Yeah, he just spent, it's almost legal now. He might have got old. Yeah, uh, there, but yeah, yeah it probably they'd say quit it nowadays. Yep, yep. Uh, won't be long for its recreational use legal. Oh, yeah. In more and more states, I'm surprised Kentucky hasn't already done it. Well, you know, the, you can get a card, medical. Yeah, medical marijuana. Yeah, but when they get to where you got, like in Colorado, it's recreational. There's stores just like beer joints. 
Yeah. And what? you can just pull up and get you some yeah. and drive off. The Kansas State Police sit at the bound, at the at the state line. Oh, is that right? And stop stop a ton of people and catch them for having marijuana in Kansas because it's We're, legal in Colorado, but yeah. it ain't legal in Kansas. <laughs> I saw some uh, somebody's taking them to Supreme Court over huh. over it. Well, ever it, it, it'd be one of them things like smoking a cigarette down yeah. with. Probably bad out of a venom machine yeah. for long. Yeah, yeah. I noticed when we went to Colorado a couple of years ago. Most of them, they call them dispensaries. Yeah, and they're almost always painted green. Huh. Uh, so you can identify where the where the dispensaries are at. <laughs> uh, and that is a thing. You know, a lot of guys went to prison for a long, long time for selling pot. Yeah. And then now here, some years later. Uh, it's going to wind up being legal. Uh, yeah. It's kind of uh, kind of a problem. Uh, I suppose the same thing with the alcohol back in the 30s and that yeah. kind of stuff. You get in all kind of trouble, and then a few years later, it's legal. I don't yeah. know if they broke those people out. If you got to get out of jail when you got caught, yeah, well, and once the once the whichever, you know, it seems like when like when that marijuana and um, Colorado, there's several states where yep. it's legal, but it looked like when they made it legal, they'd go to everybody that was locked up. Let them out. I think you'd almost have to. I would think you would. Uh, what, there was a thing I've read where people got bigger prison sentences for selling drugs than people who kill people. Yeah, oh yeah. You go to jail longer for yeah. selling dope than, than to murder somebody. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not a not a all the time thing, but those circumstances were there. Yeah. And so it was 2009 when you stopped. Yeah. Uh, and Dustin was born in 2003. It seems yeah. like it was closer to when Dustin was born, but I guess not. He'd have been six years old. Yeah. Uh, when you when you yeah. kind of phased it out, where you stopped doing crawl spaces and stopped doing. Yeah certain kind of pick and choose the houses yeah. started off not going to Kentucky anymore and then yeah. not yeah now I quit doing crawl spaces I don't remember what year it was but I remember uh, if I remember people would call me and ask me you, your dad does house inspection don't you you know I'd say yeah and he'd say I need one and I'd say is it a crawl space and they'd say yep yeah. no nope. <laughs> I didn't know there was so many crawl spaces till I started doing home inspections. They started crawling around and in them. I, I hate to get in them, too, man. how many of them I've been in and out of. Yep. I don't know. I don't like crawl spaces. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I crawl in as few as I can get yeah. away with. I, you come out of there and spider webs hanging all over you. Yeah, and not to mention muddy and it, Yeah, dirty it's always and, muddy. I've never been in a dry one. Off. I never did see any possums or uh, snakes or rats or anything like that. In yeah. Uh, but uh, you, there's, there's always a mess. You come out wet and muddy out of most of them. Yeah. Well, you kind of, I don't know, uh, aged out of crawling in crawl spaces all the damn time. <laughs> uh, heck with that. So, uh, Overall, you've had a pretty good life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, Been pretty blessed and had a lot of good things and a uh, lot of experiences. Yeah, I, I had a good marriage. 
and had two good kids. Uh, always had a good home. Uh, I've, I've always had, had the money you needed to get by. Yeah. And you know, I had as a teenager, I had money. Always worked at something. Uh, the first real job I had was working for Clem's dad. Was he had a, a job over in uh, the Starks building in Louisville? Was a time and material job. Yeah. And he hired every kid in the neighborhood, <laughs> and uh, worked a night shift. They close up the office, uh, doctor's office, or yeah. dentist office. You know, close at four o'clock in the afternoon, and we'd go in and. Uh, do our work in the office and then clean up. That's all I did was sweep up, clean up, and uh, put the office back what it looked like for yep. the lathers or plasters. And so the summer I got out of high school, Clem's dad asked me if I wanted to, I want to go to work being a plasterer. Right. Yep. Yep. We talked about that in one yep. of the first ones. Yeah. Uh, but that's a difference in between. Like you end up with that in your generation went to work early most i mean i'm sure there was exceptions but started working and making money and then that that habit yeah started early and you kept it you know i mean like yeah. there's guys that don't there's people nowadays that don't get a job until they're out of college you know yeah. and yeah. never had to work it, a i worked you know around uh drive a tractor put right. up hay and stuff yep. for guys around home yep. up there when i was a kid and I, and I had a shoebox that I kept my money in. And when I bought that 32 Ford, I, uh, I, I think I paid $150 for that thing. <laughs> and uh, I rode my bike home, got, my, got in that shoebox and got $150 out of it and still had a whole bunch of money left Yeah, and went up and bought that thing. No, oh. I had to get uh, help get it home because I didn't have a driver's license. Yeah. Um, and I remember being encouraged to work when I was a kid too. You know, even if it would be for Grandma or yeah, uh, Grandma always paid us to do yeah. stuff around her house. And then I started running around and cutting a little bit of grass here and there, and yeah. could pick up some extra money working for Billy Kramer doing yeah. nickel dime yeah, stuff you, here and there, cleaning you put up. In, uh, Billy always said you was the best employee he ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and it paid off long run, you know, the same kind of thing. It got yeah. me to in the habit of working and making money. And yeah. it's and a I, necessary I, I, skill. I always had money. And guys knew, I don't, uh, when, when we was growing up, I remember uh, Jim Emery and I running around a lot together. And, and he worked over at Brown. Williamson went to work over there. Uh, he had a couple, you know, worked in a filling station and worked in a little thing they called a dime store downtown that sold socks and hats and stuff. Uh, but then he got a job at Brown Williamson. And uh, met a girl over there, wanted to get married. And he... And he said, I want to give her a ring, but I don't have any money. Hmm. And he said, would you loan me money, but I can give her an a engagement ring? And I said, sure. And he said, well, I got one picked out down at 
interests. And I don't remember it was $500 or something. A lot of money then. Yeah. And I give him money. He bought the ring, got he engaged. Next thing you know, he's unengaged. Oh, yeah. And he come back and he said, you know, here, I'm going to give you this ring. And I said, I, I don't have a damn engagement ring. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't have the money to pay you. And I said, well, just forget it. Oh, yeah. And he said, no, uh, I'll pay you. And I said, well, anytime, don't make any difference to me. Well, he went to took the diamond ring down to Anderson's and traded it for a star of sapphire man's ring. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And he wore it for a while. And, and then uh, one, one evening we was out drinking beer, and he said, you know, well, I'll give you this ring and we'll be even. So he gave it to me, and I never did word. And he asked me once, he said, uh, you still got that ring? And I said, yeah. And he said, boy, I'd like to have it. So I gave it to him. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, Mike Gullet, and that, that's a, and I think, uh, after that thing about that wedding ring and that ring on thing, Jim and I kind of drifted apart a little because of it. Yep. And uh, Mike Gullett, when I had the beer joint, he he was working for Ford, and he got mad at Ford, and he quit. And he went to work for a... a had a little truck and it delivered donuts. Yeah, I remember the donut delivery thing. Yeah. And we would go hunting in that truck sometimes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and it got, to, hunting. it got to be Christmas time and he'd come in and he said, uh, you know, God, I, I ain't got no money. He said, I've got two kids and a wife. I got, he said, you loan me some money. And I said, yeah, what do you think you need? And he said, uh, would you loan me $500? And I said, sure. So I gave him $500. God darn it, he, he avoided me yep. till death. Yeah. Uh, you know, we never never did anything again together. Yeah. It's kind of a code I have. I don't really, it messes things up. Oh, uh, a friend asked you to Good way to get money. rid of somebody you don't want, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you could buy them off and never yeah, have to see them, them again. Some money loan them some money and you won't see them again. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a... With this NAA, you know, you got guys coming in, dragging their heels and they're yeah. down, and, down and out, you know. And and even then, I'm real careful about... Yeah, I... Uh, I was money. Uh, I did that a lot uh, to guys. Uh, that was the two biggest ones I probably ever did. But uh, I don't know. Uh, a lot of guys I run around with just constantly run out of money. Uh, Kenny Wiseman and I was you know running around a whole bunch when we was young, and and he's always out of money. Hmm. You know, and he need fifty dollars, Nick. A week or two later, man, I could sure use $25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember having some friends where we would, you know, might be their idea to go out. Yeah. And you go out, and they wouldn't have it five, <laughs> ten bucks or something. Yeah. And uh, then you'd end up, if you wanted to go keep, if you wanted to stay out tonight, then you had to buy. Yeah. 
or else, you know, but I would write those kind of things off and never did really, never did, it never would amount to be too much money, you know, yeah. you'd spend 20 or 30 bucks more than yeah. you meant to. But Well, I don't, uh, for some uh, strange turn of events, I never got in a pinch where I didn't have some money. Yeah. And, if, you know, if my car broke down, I could either fix it or I could afford to get it fixed. Yeah. Uh, or if I was trading cars or whatever, I had the money to do it. But uh, I don't, uh, I never did accumulate a hell of a lot. Well, like I tell people, I was like, I don't, I never, I don't remember handyman, a handyman coming to our house to fix something. If something yeah. needed fixing, you'd fix it. And I have a whole lot of memories of being there over your shoulder yeah. while it was being fixed. Yeah. And I don't remember complaining about it. I don't know. I might have, but I don't ever remember. There'd be times when it'd be going to, like, well, going to Jim's house to fix something or going yeah. to, you know, who's ever house to fix something yeah. and going and and just doing it. Uh, well, you know, that's, I got that from Dad because we... His generation, he that's just what you did. Yeah. Uh, he was one of them people that uh, electricians was underpaid and everybody else was overpaid. Hmm. And he wouldn't hire a painter because they charged too much or hmm. he wouldn't hire a roofer. Or, you know, would it make any difference what, it, what the job needed uh, they, them damn guys charge way more than they're worth, uh, and electricians never did get paid enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's another thing I remember. He was busy all the time doing something. Yeah, uh, I don't ever remember too much of Grandpa sitting around. No, uh, he was always if he was still, he was sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of like you. Yeah, and it's kind of like me. Uh, <laughs> if I'm either doing something. I just don't sit around much. Well, you know that uh, that that house up there. You know, it, it always had something to you know need to be painted or yep. windows need to be re-puttied or uh, needed a roof. Or, you know, just one of them things that I I don't know how long. I suppose I was probably nine when we moved there and was 29 when we left so over 20 years there's a lot of things that need to be yeah. nailed back together or improved or yeah like you said you put that shire downstairs and yeah uh that kind of thing i don't ever i couldn't name one thing i remember with grandpa doing I could like any particular project. I can't. I can't think of anything that I remember him doing. But yeah. he was doing something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was busy. He did a lot out there in that shop. You yeah. Know. He would always be out in the shop. Yeah. Fiddling with something. Like yeah. I said, I don't have any idea what. <laughs> I, when he was in the electric business, uh, it was some when. Uh, I have some memory of him going to work, but yeah. Uh, I. Well, you know, when he, he he was in on building that ammunition plant when they started it, and he worked up there all all the way through it. Yeah. And after the war, uh, there was government made money available. GI Bill. Uh, was he a veteran? No. Uh, 
but he'd uh, people were building houses at our place. Oh yeah. So he decided busy. he was going to go into business, and he he took a I forget what you do with your union card, but you put it in a reserve, and he went in the electric business on his own, and got an electric license and a truck, and he was wiring houses and working around town, uh, wiring. And he did that, I don't know, probably not more than four or five years. Hmm. And uh, he, his accounts receivable ballooned up. You know, people paid him part of it. And mm. pay Owed him money. Yeah. So he uh, parked a truck and went over to Union Hall and took his card back out and that was when I was in high school mm. and went back to work and, and and he worked out of town a lot you know he'd be gone uh, till you know leave Monday come back Friday night yeah huh that kind of thing uh, but he worked he worked on a lot of jobs I was on when I was laughing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he never did. Uh, I hinted around about it a few times about uh, getting me in the electrical union. But he never did. Never did. Um, I don't know whether it was a political thing. You had to have some. An end with, yeah, the business agent or the whatever it is runs the union. But uh, well, you ended up learning a lot of it, huh? You end up learning a lot of it. Yeah. Was that just from trial and error kind of stuff, just from doing or from well, him? From or? working with him, I worked with him when he you know, was in business. Oh, did you? Yeah. I don't know. We wired some of them houses out there in Colonial Court when they built them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you picked it up working with him, and then yeah, yeah. I fell through a ceiling working with him once. Oh yeah. Thought he was gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you didn't get hurt. <laughs> Falling through a ceiling, so uh, bad thing. Well, it was uh, up behind Cotton Day's house or grocery on that little dead end street. Yeah, I don't know. You know where Cotton Day's grocery store was there by Hazelwood? Mm -mm. Didn't you? You didn't learn how to smoke over Cotton Day's? No. I thought everybody did. Mm -hmm. It was on Thomas Street. Huh. Just a block from Hazelwood. Huh. And I don't remember a store being yeah. there. I don't think it, it was might, there. It when might have turned into a church by then. Yeah, it's but something else. It was a grocery store then, but the, it's a little... That we Shelby Street just run back and bumped into the cemetery. Yeah. And a lot of real old houses in there. And Dad had a job rewiring one. Uh, I think of people's name was Neighbor. And uh, he had me up in the ceiling or up in the attic. And he, oh, when he wired a house, you know, every room had a light fixture here. Yeah. Well, he'd make a home run to that box there from a fuse panel, 
and then he'd come out of that box down the walls, you know, put a receptacle down that wall and down here. Well, that's what I was doing up in the attic, and I'd be pushing that wire down the wall, and he'd be fishing it. Oh yeah, doing it after hole. after the drywall or after it was plastered. Oh yeah, the house was you know the old house. It was after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, Not you know, wiring with, a new construction. Uh, you know, those houses didn't have electric in them when they were built. Yeah. And I was up in that attic and it was hotter than hell. And he said, "Well, that's the last one. Come on down." So I was walking on them ceiling joists and I missed it stepped in there and you know it had wood lead yeah four foot long so where I went through the hole here come down on the dining room table and tore that plaster out eight foot <laughs> both directions <laughs> and all that black dirt come down he had to hire some cleaners to come in clean the house mm -hmm. put the ceiling back together and no telling how much money he lost on it mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a chance you take, though. Uh, <laughs> probably made the other times making money was probably offset it. Yeah, little forty-four panel truck. You know, looked like a big looked like a big station wagon. Uh huh. Uh, well, they still make them delivery panel. Yeah. Had a 44 one of them. Had it all painted up with your name on the side of it and all that. I don't know if there's any pictures of it around. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I, that flashes in front of me thinking of that, seeing one. Maybe, I don't know why, but I feel like I've seen it in Bernie's pictures. Uh, he probably, Bernie probably got a picture of it. Yeah, someday I end up, there's a lot of pictures upstairs. Oh, yeah. Here, in boxes. Uh, in your closet. Yeah. That's got old pictures in them. There's a half a dozen boxes up there. I know some of them are just mine, but other pictures uh, someday end up having to sort through and <laughs> see yeah. them. Because uh, I took a lot of pictures too, because you was always taking pictures, and I started doing that too. And I was yeah. the only kid at like eighth grade camp that had a camera. Yeah. Uh, I'm borrow yours yeah, I went through a lot of mine and threw them away uh, stuff that didn't, didn't matter pictures of mountains and pictures yeah. of lakes and yeah. uh, things that I couldn't possibly remember yeah. where they were yeah really the only pictures that matter really are the ones that got people in them yeah and that's probably on mine too very yeah, few of mine I don't have think people. I threw any of them away that had pictures of anybody that counted yeah uh, but God, I had a lot of pictures of landscape and yeah. Yep, I'm sure I do too. Well, let's hang it up. We made it all the way up to pretty much now. Oh, you think? And uh, well, I don't know if you got more stuff to talk yeah. about because we went through the first the first couple hours. We talked about when you was a kid and up to yeah. your high school days, and then the next time we talked about from your high school days up into when right before you met mom. I think actually we ended with you meeting mom, and we did it again tonight. Yeah. Um, I know there's stories come out if you'll sit around and think about it. You know, yeah. you could tell I I could sit and tell stories forever. Yeah. Um, 
tell stories about old hunting trips and tell stories about going to Canada canoeing. Yeah. When we did that canoeing trip, that'll be something. And on all the Boy Scout camps I went to here and there. Yeah. And baseball teams and yeah. school stuff. Running yeah, around you guys with the were wrong both guys. pretty darn busy when growing up. Yep, feels like it. I don't know how I did so much. Yeah, I still, like I said, that stuff about the weekends of like when we had a, the the mic the mash that was like of playing sports, uh, the beer joint, having a boat, Henryville. Uh, it just seems like that all couldn't uh, yeah fit into one window of time that it did. Kind of yeah. like kind of like those early years that I yeah. seem to remember. I don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how crowded in all the you know, deer hunting every weekend. And I'm sure we went just damn near every weekend. Yeah, there's been a lot of years I've hunted just about every weekend. Yep. Got me in a lot of trouble when I was married. <laughs> you going again this weekend? <laughs> Wasn't such a big deal until kids came. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, but then we and you were going down to the cabin taking the kids with us. Yeah, yeah. Weekend after weekend, we had the kids, me and you and Dustin, and then yeah. me, you and Dustin and Chris, and they grew up down there. Yeah, Dustin, well, yeah, they both was down there before they could walk, probably. Dustin's going to come down Saturday. Oh, is he? Or this weekend. Yeah. I throwed it out there to help us, you know, just because I kind of feel like I ought to. Well, him, he, he needs he needs to see what it takes to do that. Yep, yep. So I'm glad he took off or yep. got somebody to switch work with him and said he's coming. I don't know when. I need to check with him. He's kind of vague in yep. his plans. Yeah, at some point you're going to have to say, Dustin, you're going to have to you have to put some uh, get some of your buddies and come yep. and uh, <laughs> treat this cabin. The last. Uh, 30 or 20 something years since we built the cabin has gone really fast it feels yeah. like and I think that's part of kids and of course a good piece of that was uh, I was drinking too much and that makes life go too fast yeah. well uh, you know that was well hell just cl closing in on 24 years in yep uh, it, it went by in a hurry yeah yeah, because it seemed like uh, two summers or two winters ago, we was finishing it up. Yeah, it does. It seems like it. Uh, it was a heck of a heck of a project. Yeah. Not I was trying to figure. Uh, uh, I guess I was in my 60s, yep. I guess. Well, in 1999, I'd have been 30, and that have made you 62. Yeah. And I don't know, uh, be honest with you, at 53, I'm not sure I'd want to take on that project today. <laughs> it was a big project. Uh, and we yeah. really didn't have any idea how long it was going to take. No. Really. Uh -huh. It was to do it until it's done. Yeah. Uh, we all made a commitment to spend our weekends doing that. That's what, yeah. And until it was done. Uh, I, uh, I don't know, it just seemed like uh, you and I kind of sketched around. Well, I drew those plans. And then you drew plans, the real plans for it. And we rode around and we looked at them square log cabins. And yeah. Looked at what we liked and what we didn't like. And yeah. Uh, 
one of the things was was those corners roll out on all yeah. them because they just butt them and pass them, and that yeah. looked to be a problem. We fixed that problem on ours. Yeah, we uh, we got a lot of planted because we got started talking about that. We well, built the driveway the year before. Yeah, but when we started uh, getting sketching stuff on paper, it wasn't too damn long before we. Was Digging holes. Seems like it. Yeah. But I think it was about a year. Yeah. Which, you know, all in all, a year flies by, but I felt like we took sufficient time in planning what we wanted. And, you know, we did make a few adjustments here and there as we were going along, but not anything big, just minor adjustments. Yeah. Because I'd go in and fix the plans every time we'd change if we'd made an adjustment. I guess them plans are still upstairs. Yeah, and I have them on my computer. Oh, do you? Yep, I have a, that set yeah. of plans is up on, uh, and I still yeah. have a software on that computer that I can open them up and mess yeah. with them if I want to. Eight minutes at a time. <laughs> I lost my license when Boat eventually uh, uh, cut me off or something. I'm not sure what happened. There was yeah. probably some update that happened that I, because with that, with that program, we got, if you were a user at work, you got a home license. Oh, yeah. And then I had it for a couple years, few yeah. years after leaving. But then one day I signed on and it said no. <laughs> but it still lets you use it eight minutes at a time. Oh, yeah. And it clocks out and it shuts down. And I just use it like that. I just let it. I watch it. It gives me a little two-minute warning. And I make sure I'm saved and everything yeah. and let it go down and pull it back up again. <laughs> I'm using a different one, too, today. But I still like that one because I've worked on it for yeah. 20. Yeah. I used it but for 20 I remember years. we just... We pencil sketched the thing yep. for a little bit. Yep, just like on yellow pad. And we, we even uh, we made little miniature furniture cutouts. Yeah. Put on here and there, and finally he said, "Well, this is the size we're going to make." And then that's when you put it in a put it on a computer and made plans out of it. Yep. And then on them plans, I kept every weekend when we go when I go back to work on Monday. Yeah, I would put it. I had a whole nother sheet where I said, "Here we are, August the seventh. Dug yep. the holes. It was me, you, and so and so and so and so who helped." Yep. And then we got up to like when we got to the floor system in, and then we were three logs tall and eight logs tall, and how many logs we had up? It's sixteen on the walls. Huh? When we started putting the canvas, the plastic over it and staying It wasn't but like five or six logs tall. We basically had to crawl in there. Yeah. It wasn't very tall. Spent a lot of nights in it. Yeah. Every one of them between that, those two dates, we spent every yeah. weekend down there. Because we stayed a couple, a couple times. A few in. weeks we stayed at Lee's cabin. Yeah. Because we didn't have enough to stay but in. We, I don't think we stayed there maybe two or three weekends is about it. Go over and rinse off in that yeah. cow pond back yeah. when it was full yeah, it of moss and algae. It, had to... Push it out of the way and there wasn't no dock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had a, but it still was rinse, rinse, get rinsed off after working. Well, that, uh, I did seem like. It all went smooth. Never, nobody got upset. Yep. No personality issues. No. Uh-huh. Nobody got hurt. Nothing went wrong where we were in a pinch and we didn't know. Yeah. Well, the biggest pinch we had was when we yeah. ran out of logs. Yeah. And we and never had to switch did. gears. Yeah. 
wasn't one of them things about we didn't, I don't know if I'll be able to go this weekend. Nope, never was a question. It was I, automatic. Yeah, I don't I don't recall it ever ever being a, a anybody ever mentioned I'd like to go do this this weekend. Yep. Yep, I remember, you know, that's the only, you know, I guess I I sacrificed that hunting season to build it and knew I was doing that for the future. Yeah. And, uh, but I, that, I don't miss too many hunting seasons. Uh, And we sitting there, I remember we were up building the uh, roof system on opening day of gun season. We were up nailing purlins on and uh, all that (laughs) and counting shots. (laughs) <laughs> While we were uh, sitting down there on opening yeah. Saturday morning, and I didn't miss it. I knew I was. It was worth it. Yeah. I don't. Did they duck and them guys come down on a Saturday or a Sunday? I don't remember what day it was. I may have it in my. I notes. was surprised. Uh, you know, it's one of them things we wouldn't counting on anybody showing up. Nope. Uh, and Bobby and Duck and Frank. Frank came down a bit, but yeah. Uh, of course, he didn't come down. He lived there. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Coleman. Yep. Was the other guy. I got a picture of you guys all sitting around on break time at one point. Yeah. You know, they come down. Eddie never did come back. I don't think Duck ever come back down. Yeah, I don't think so either. Was that one time when Bobby was over quite a bit? It definitely biggest project I ever been a part of outside of work life type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and still proud of it and still using it. It actually, uh, I don't know, it's one of them things I really enjoyed doing it. Me too. It's one of them things that did, uh, I I look forward to going down there and picking up another log. Yep. I lost a lot of weight and I never was oh, big I in the first too. place. Uh, I, I remember when we were done. I was made getting, some muscles. Yeah, made muscles. <laughs> uh, I was. I remember it, towards the end of it, I was down to 145 pounds. Is that right? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. Well, I probably can. I still have them coveralls. I built the whole thing wearing. Oh yeah. Someplace. Yeah, they're probably uh, hanging right up here. And uh, that's the only thing I ever did. I bought them new when we started. And I just wore them through that project yeah. every day, every single time I had them on. They're softened up a lot. Yep. They were still, yep. And uh, there was a time when I got a little bigger and I tried to put them on and I couldn't get in them anymore. Huh. But I kind of steadied out now and I'm yeah. back to 180. Well, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody ever pinched a finger or... Uh, Nothing bad. I don't, I don't remember anybody needing a Band-Aid. I'll bet I needed a Band-Aid at some point. seemed yeah. like everything I did, I needed a Band-Aid at some <laughs> point. I remember just doing little small things, no big deal. Uh, but no, the real miracle is nobody got hurt good. Yeah. I don't know, standing on top of that wall, driving those spikes down in the... Uh, I, I tell people, I remember having a beer on the wall behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and on sitting on top of it, and you're using a sledgehammer, swinging and driving them in. You had to look back yeah. there because every time you knocked that beard, move a little bit. Yeah, you'd dance around. Yeah, and uh, it'd get away from you once in a while, and you'd be, God damn it, throw me another one. Uh, 
We went there a lot of beer was building that thing. Yep, we'd have kept, I didn't keep track of that, but it'd have been a it'd have been a big number. It would have been. Oh, it was a couple cases a weekend. Yeah, easy. Yep. Wait till noon. Huh? Well, usually wait until noon. Yeah. But you know that. It was a good opportunity, you know, raising them logs up would got to be a pretty dangerous. It could have been bad there, too. Yeah. Rope a broke or a pulley or one yeah. of our welded-together davits or yeah. I don't, something like that happened. Somebody could have got hurt yeah. good. I don't, I guess we scrapped them davits. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. They may be under the cabin. <laughs> Some stuff is sinking yeah. under there. They worked, they did what we wanted them to. Yep. It really is, you know, the other thing about it was, is like some of that stuff we didn't know what to do. We yeah. just worked it out. Yeah. It wasn't like you knew what you were getting ready to go do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't anticipate those logs would be as heavy as yeah. they were. Uh, no, I didn't either. And I, I don't read, I don't know whether you or I who come up with the or corner. I think you did system, but I know we identified that on ones we rode around, like down to Wildwood Ridge, and yeah. went and looked at those square log cabins, and those corners were peeling yeah, out on one another. going this way, yeah. And ours ain't moved. No. Uh -uh. There's come a, some you know, of them got a little twist out past the corner. Yeah. The little end thing is a little bit slanch-wise yeah. now, but... It really didn't shrink as much as I thought it probably would. Yeah. But we guessed that right. We put the right amount of notches over there. We watched it because we thought we might have to yeah. open them up someday. Yeah. And none of them, we didn't have to open in a single one up, I don't think. Mm -mm. Um and there was people who told us that you couldn't do that with green logs. Oh, yeah. Can't do it. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, there was a... Uh, we was going to a... Uh, the seminar things for the inspection business. Yeah. Logs and I go together. And there was a guy at Bloomington... Uh, that he was in a law, he was an electrician, or that's was his, uh, he was a home inspector, but his claim to be a, a genuine electrician. And he was, got into the house building, the log house building business. And was talking about he didn't build anything, build them out of anything but poplar, because hmm. poplar is weatherproof. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't quite agree with you on that. He said, oh hell yeah, you look at some of them old houses got poplar floor joists, just as good as they was the day they put them in there. And I said, you haven't been out enough crawl spaces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's also a difference. I say nowadays, uh, God ain't making as good a wood as he used to. Oh, no. Uh, no, and I think the building code is uh, you get some of that. changed over years. The span tables, because that real fast growing pine. Ain't as strong. Uh, you know, it's got 
big fat growth rings in it. Uh, it doesn't have near as much strength yep. as the old time that took its time growing up. Yeah, well, like I was t sometimes I'll go do some renovation or something and I mess with something. And I wasn't too long ago, I cut some piece of poplar and I knew it was poplar, it was a, I knew it was poplar. Yeah. And I had to cut this big chunk out of it and it was harder than hell. Yeah. And when I had a hold of it, it was heavier than it ought to be. But it was poplar, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you look at the you end get... of it and the growth rings were real tight and yeah. uh, the grain was real tight yeah. in it. And we used them poplar trees and cut them down and used them for the bridge to begin with. And them didn't last very long. Didn't last no time. Uh -uh. First bridge didn't, I don't think it lasted yeah. five years. Yeah. Yeah, that, that guy told Hauser, he said, uh, and and Hauser always he liked talk about that cabin like he built it. Yeah. And uh that guy told Hauser he said, Come talk to me about that cabin when you're redoing it in ten years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was somebody there was a couple people I knew, like one there was a couple that uh was friends of Angie's and his dad, their da her dad was building a cabin down on Lake Cumberland. And they were building it out of hemlock. Yeah. And if you talk to him, you know, that was only crazy if you're making one out of anything but hemlock. Huh. And uh, like, well, first off, you can't get no hemlock around yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he, maybe it's more available down there. Yeah. But uh, he talked up the whole thing and poo-pooed our pine log yeah. cabin that it wouldn't last. I think it's got a whole lot of more years in it. Long as nothing pokes any holes in it or falls on it. Yeah, yeah. Long as that tree don't fall on it. And I still, right now, I don't, I don't think we're in danger of that. Uh, no, I mean, it could always happen, but yeah, we don't have any of them that are really wanting to fall on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, but I think it'll be there. I wouldn't be afraid to uh, sit out up. Uh, tornado in it. No. No, I think I'm safer there probably in a storm than I am anywhere else because of that being in that valley like it is. It just doesn't get... It's just not even as windy down there when you you can hear it whipping through the top treetops yeah. when it's when we do get a good storm, but it just and doesn't get down like there. That, that tree that was on the outhouse, it come from... It was a tree top. top. Yep. Yep. It broke out of the top of a tree. Yep. Oh, uh, I think I'm... All that forest around it acts like a big filter. Yep. And the wind can't, it just can't get down there. It yep. zips across the top. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave there for the tornado warning. I'd yep. be happier there than, than uh, I can't think of any place I'd want to go. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for three hours and 10 minutes. It's a lot of talking. I've enjoyed it though. What, what the heck time is it? Twenty eleven. Huh. So, got any final thoughts? I, I don't have no, yeah, I don't have nothing to do tomorrow. They won't.